PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. guys how you doing chris crespo here i'm in the crespediso studio i'm chilling and i'm here to tell you to go to patreon.com slash crespodiso to sign up today for the full episodes of cinema crespediso available every week every sunday we got a new episode every friday we have a new bonus episode you want to hear those sign up at patreon.com slash crespediso anywhere from one to five dollars a month gets you full access to everything it's pretty awesome uh these episodes these best ofs are all from April 2023, which includes my various Florida Film Festival movie reviews. So if you want to hear about some of the cool indie films and short films uh, that I saw at the 2023 Florida Film Festival, uh, you can do it right here. Uh, it's spread out a bit over the course of this best of, but it's just the way it is. Uh, you can also hear our reviews of the new movie Air, our review of Bo is Afraid, all spoiler-free reviews. Um, we have a bunch of stuff in here. It's a lot of fun. These are media diets and reviews, new reviews. So check us out, April 2023, best of, patreon.com slash Sign up today. Be cool, bro, and support the show. Okay? Bye-bye. Didn't go see the Dungeons and Dragons colon Honor Among Thieves well, I know, movie. I know someone who did. And they said? And they said, well, I mean, this is this is Elijah. So <laughs> he, <laughs> he, has, he, he has have a, to, we he, have to put him on black. Uh, he's got a specific taste in movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parentheses, bad. Close parentheses. He doesn't listen. He's not, he's not uh, a patron. But, but um, uh, he is like a, He's a nerd, though. Well, he, he's super dark when it yeah. comes to Dungeons and Dragons. Like, yeah. he used to read the books, apparently. Fair. That's nerd, as nerd as it gets. Uh, so he's, he said, he said surprisingly, a not bad mm -hmm. for what it is. Okay. And also surprisingly true to like the D&D &D lore. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. Because when you look at the marketing, it looks like just a it's, mashup of everything. It looks like camp. It, it looks like Whoa. pure fantasy camp. It looks it look, it is what it looks like. Yeah, camp and not necessarily a good way. No, but because camp can be fun. But apparently, it's fun camp. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, Chris. When, when it comes on streaming, I'm gonna watch it. I'm, I'll, I'll definitely watch it on streaming. Uh, uh, when I pull up the Rotten Tomato score here, it's sitting at a pretty 91. percent Really? With an okay, so average rating of 7.4. I guess everyone agrees with Elijah. Then apparently, it is a, an infectiously good-spirited comedy with a solid emotional core. Interesting. It is interesting. So maybe I will check out the Dungeons and Dragon movie. <laughs> apparently. Not bad. Apparently, it's not bad. And it made this weekend uh, $38 million. Well, uh, yeah, I, and it was tracking at 30 so they're happy. It's definitely not bad then. It's not bad. People are seeing it. Um, this week, both Air, which takes the adult audience, mm -hmm. and Super Mario Brothers, which takes the family audience, both come out this week. Mm -hmm. um, on Wednesday, I think. Gotcha. So uh, that's going to... That's gonna, 
really hurt Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. They're, they're week to week here. But with this good word of mouth, maybe people will be checking it out. And uh, who knows? Maybe Hasbro will have a new franchise on their hands. Because mm. it didn't work for Battleship. Nope. Didn't work for... What was another Hasbro movie? Well, they made two Ouija's. They did? Yeah. They did? That's Hasbro, right? I think that's Hasbro. Think so. Yeah. They made two Ouija's, and the second one's actually good because it's a Mike Flanagan. <laughs> He's like, I need a job. I mean, don't they, I'll do the Ouija prequel. Don't they technically own Death Row Records? They may. It may be one of those things where, like, Chicken Soup for Soul Entertainment owns Crackle. It's like mm-hmm. one of those weird things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, Hasbro, Dungeons and Dragons. Number one movie of the weekend. Coming number two is John Wick, chapter four. Uh, almost $30 million in its yeah. second week. Scream six is number three. His only son is number four, and I don't know what that is. I'm going to go with uh, Christian Exploitation, Justin Tef Easter. You know what? Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm betting you're right. It is Palm Sunday weekend. We lay down the palm. Abraham is commanded by God to sacrifice his son and find his faith tested during a three-day journey to the mountain of Moriah. Oh, I know someone named Moriah. Um, oh yeah, that's that is a weird story. It's an Old Testament. It's Old yeah, Testament God. Old Testament. He was full. Of Sacrifice like, your son yeah. for me. Psych, prove psych, your, prove, prove your faith. Yeah, prove your faith. Do it. Do it. And then he holds up the knife. He's like, what the fuck bro. are you doing, dude? Dude, what? What? what, what seriously? It's like Ash and Kucha coming out of the bushes. He <laughs> got punked by God, bro. Yeah, God's got his hat on backwards. It's like, bro, <laughs> Isaac. That's Isaac. That's your only son. Relax. What's wrong with you, man? You're gonna kill your son. Get off this mountain. <laughs> Yeah, that God's a fucker. He's like making deals with the devil, making bets with the devil. Oh, yeah, no, I'll take my, I'll, I'll ruin Job's life. Prove that he loves me by yeah. ruining everything and taking it all away. Isn't that great? Yeah. Don't worry. I'll give him more later. It's fine. He uh, martyred, yeah. so he got rewards. Yeah, yeah. Christianity. Uh-huh. The ultimate gaslight. <laughs> yeah. God be gaslighting us. <laughs> So I almost send my son to die for all your sins, but wink, you, wink. But still, <laughs> you still got stuff to do because it didn't work. There's more sins. There's more sins. You got it. Anyway, I don't understand. Creed three coming in number three, almost 150 million. Good for them. Shazam on the opposite side of that only 53 million only in its third week. No, yeah. So it's like a struggle to get to 100. It might not even get to 100 million. Wow, sucks for you, Zachary Levi. Uh, and then you know, let me see anything interesting here. Sixty-five made thirty million. Mm-hmm. All right, that's another stream streamer. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp barely made over two hundred. Is that two twelve? Jesus Revolution fifty million. You think maybe they'd add more theaters for Easter weekend? I mean, on the Jesus will. Revolution. Like, no, we got to get out of the way of that steamroller that is his <laughs> only son, <laughs> the box office juggernaut that is the story of Abraham. Uh, to be fair, I think the Old Testament is rife with great stories that would be awesome for adapting to movies. I mean, yeah. Lots There's of violence. Re- and- I mean, it's been <laughs> fucking messed with for 2,000 years. Yeah. Come on, let's just keep it rolling. Yeah, these stories have been refined and changed over so many years. They're, I mean, this Abraham, this Abraham asshole and, I, I mean, all <laughs> this the... Re- Abraham, this all, Abraham asshole. Dude, the entire, all of the religious strife in the entire world right now yeah. is based on, because his three sons can't agree. That's true. And there's only three people. And if they can't agree, how are the rest of us eight billion going to agree on anything? On anything. We're doomed. Um, so we did it. We didn't see. We didn't see Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, boy. We're spinning our wheels. But how about this? We Last week, we didn't talk about the new Mando. 
It's good. Yeah. Did you watch? Uh, are you no, caught up? No, I'm caught up. All right. So let's talk about the last two weeks of Mando episodes four and five. I mean, it's like uh, it's almost like a book Tan's redemption. It's the Bo-Katan Redemption Power Hour, for sure. Again, a lot of good Bo-Katan stuff. Um, Bo-Katan of Clan Crease. And uh, I like how we're getting... Because um, I was I was interested by this. I was interested by... I can't remember. Was it last week's episode or one before? Where it was like... It was a, mostly a side story of the of the officer, the science officer. And that the, was the one, I think, maybe... I think that was maybe three? Like two before. Yeah. That may have been episode three, yeah. right? Um but then we saw a lot of the like we saw the street level Coruscant yeah. and like they explained Cor- that's a city planet which yeah. I love but all I lo- that 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 weird what you thought was a side cool episode is th- th- that's well, the underlying of what's really going on yeah yeah I find that interesting. now we find that out because like, around that two time, episodes later because I'm like yeah you know the New Republic's in, in charge but we know that when Force Awakens comes around the Fort the First Order is now the mm-hmm. new empire yeah. has, has arisen not that much time only a few decades spans this time period so how does the new republic fuck up and uh it, that's what we're getting with this story with no. the Mando season 3 we're getting like a lot of the seeds being placed of how the First Order uh, seems to like arise from within the the new republic cuz you know they're, they're bad at it New Republic's bad at it, but also we don't want the New Republic to be in charge. That's like, no, we want we want to root for the rebels. We want to we want the good guys or the rebels, the bad guys, the authority. And then when the rebels win, you stop telling the story because now the rebels are the authority. You can't be oh now yay Fidel Castro yay (laughs) you know. For a while there, he's a good guy. Then he got in charge and became a bad guy. That's the way it works. Oh boy, it's it's tricky. It's tricky ground. Although then also I did like so. There's the um, who's this guy? This uh, this Asian fellow who mm-hmm. we've been following him a bit yeah. with the New Republic, and then this one he's like he got the distress call from 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 Kreef. Yeah, Keef. And he's just like, Yo, Mando. Like, there's nothing we can do. But yeah. if you want to go help, well, like... for, first he goes to Tim Meadows. Yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Tim Meadows is like. <laughs> What the, I'm in Star Wars now. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> What's he's, up? he's like, how's it going? I'm in Star I'm, Wars. I'm a colonel. Uh, and my answer is no. <laughs> I, I'm trying to requisitions. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Requisitions. What can I? What What do you require? <laughs> oh, things. I can't get that from you. No, I can't get you nothing. Th- thanks, Tim Meadows. Yeah, thanks, Tim. No, don't worry. I'll be here for another 15 <laughs> seasons. If there's 15 seasons of a thing, I'm gonna be on it. Good for him. Good for Tim Meadows. That was fun seeing him. Yeah. It does kind of pull you out of the story, though. It, no, it, like, it's yeah. Every once in a while, yeah. with some of these actors who pop up, it's like. You yeah. really? That, that's what's gonna happen with Dune too. When we first see the Emperor and yeah. it's Christopher Walken, he's be like, oh. and he's like, "The spice, <laughs> it must flow." And like I can't. This is why did they make this decision? <laughs> I love Christopher Walken, but why did they make? Now I can't. It's Dune with Christopher Walken. Yeah, Paul Atreides. He, he's a messiah. <laughs> like this guy is really—he's really doing this Christopher Walken thing here. He even rein it in for this movie. Takes out all the punctuation. He gets a script. Takes out all the punctuation. Get out of here. What's this a comma? Get it out of here. I ain't pausing for nothing. Um, uh, I like the. Uh, it made me think how we're following him. I like his character, and and he's like, you know, going out to Mando, and and it made me think about how the New Republic show that they were working on that I think fell through, and that was the one that Gina Carano was going to be on. It was going to be... Probably some of this stuff. It was going to be Space Cops. Yeah. It was going to be the New Republic, but like, oh, what if they have to like solve a fucking cop, a crime yeah. in outer space? And I was like, you know, it's kind of... That could be cool. 
I hate cops. Space, space cops. cops. Space <laughs> cops. Even space cops are included in the A cab and in, in the C part of A cab. Seriously, they should just hire Dick Wolf and give us Star Wars Law and Order. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be awesome. Law, Law and Order: Colon Coruscant. Yes, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> this is great. What I'm saying. Yeah, we got. We got to just do it. Some sort of like Jerry Orbach equivalent running around in uh-huh. outer space with his little notebook of puns. Quips. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. See, I would watch that. I'd watch it. That'd be fun. Um, but I think that fell apart though that New Republic show yeah. um, but I'm enjoying these Mandos uh, it's taken a while for the season to kind of seemingly take shape like what's it about yeah it's starting to come together yeah, now. yeah I think so I think it's you know you sort of gotta trust him at this point that yeah. Favreau has a plan and then someone asked Favreau I saw an interview do you have any plans for like a big Mando finale whenever it ends you know like how you're gonna end it and he was like, well, actually, no, I don't think there will be a, a, a big finale for Mandalorian because um, all this stuff's going to be intertwined and it's on a larger story. So eventually we'll just stop doing like the Mandalorian. And he'll pop up in this and over yeah. here and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. He'll be in like season two of Ahsoka or whatever yeah. or whatever they do with them. They're, they're, they're going to bring no. in the live action Ezra Bridger. You know, they're, they're well, really building up I to mean, this character coming I back mean, and, and it's going to be its own show probably. The, the, the Mando is going to be like the rock in these Star Wars TV shows where he's going to be there to prop up bullshit yeah. and make like, I mean, like when, he, show- sagging. Like, when, when he showed up in Boba fucking Fett. Boba Fett, that was, that was the best part. Yeah. The Mando stuff. yeah, everyone's like, thank God. Thank, <laughs> thank God Mando showed up. This man, is, his back must be so sore from carrying the Star Wars universe <laughs> for the last several years. Pedro Pascal. We don't even see his face and we no. love him. Yeah. And that's his flattest, <laughs> his flattest voice yet with Mando. It's like, and oh, it, I love this and, guy. And half the time it's not even him, but in my head it is. Yeah, in the actual suit. <laughs> yeah. I was, so I was at MegaCon. I'll mention this real quick. I was at MegaCon, my first ever like convention type of visit like that. Mm-hmm. MegaCon Orlando, day three on Saturday. And, you know, they have tons of people there doing autographs and photographs and stuff. And they had a guy who I was waiting with. I was with my girlfriend, Marissa, and her friend. And her friend was there to get a picture taken with a Star Wars. No, Star Wars. A Star Trek person. Okay. Gates McFadden. Mm. Yeah, some actress. I know. Exactly. For Star Trek people, big yeah. deal, right? Um, I'm sure. But her line was like reasonable. We got in through that line pretty quickly. But while we were waiting, there was a huge crowd of people waiting, queuing up, waiting to get into the autograph area. And finally, they announced people for, you know, this name, Mandalorian, this name. And it was a guy, one of the other two guys in the suit was there. And there was a huge crowd of people yeah. there to show up to take a picture with the guy who's not even Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He's one of the other guys. But, was, like, but that is the suit. To be fair, he's wearing the suit. <laughs> he's playing with Baby Yoda. He's on the screen. We just don't know when or who, you know. And that's okay. Go line up. Go take your picture. <laughs> go spend seventy bucks and take your picture with this fellow. Because um, yeah. it's the suit, man. It is the suit. It, it, it's very cool. Uh, it was a wild experience going. It's like I said, my first time. Um, cosplay. Crazy. crazy that's like i think that's the reason to go really for me to see everyone well, I mean, wearing a, all their outfits it's great people watching i love i mean people say it all the time but everyone loves the people watch i love people watching um i saw a number star wars crazy tons of jedi robes yeah. um people doing like i saw in the hayden christensen lines there was a really good this guy was doing uh anakin cosplay with like the scar on his face it's like that guy looks like hayden christensen. <laughs> he made he may freak hayden out just a little bit when he goes in that room um, uh, but Hayden was there. He's probably like the biggest name there to the point where his line for the autographs for his photos, the, the door. it was separate. It was a yeah. separate section of the convention mm-hmm. center to stay away from the other eras. Just crushed with people. Chevy Chase was there. I saw, um, the only other celebrity that actually made eyes 
that laid eyes on that I could tell who it was who just by looking. Yeah. And it's sort of like 100 yards away, 50 yards away, I could see signing autographs was Mark Paul Gosler. No. Oh, like, Zach Morris. Like, yeah, <laughs> Zach Morris. All right, my childhood. That's great. I don't, I don't want to yeah. talk to him. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> I don't want to talk to any of these people. No. Um, but I saw uh, tons of Jedis. I saw like five or six Indiana Joneses. Some of them were like older, like older people mm-hmm. in their 60s and 70s. Yeah. Doing, and, doing indie. Yeah. But it's great seeing like, oh, now these are like, appropriate Indiana yeah. Jones you can do old man Indy is a perfect you nailed it <laughs> wow that old makeup looks good I'm actually old that's amazing good <laughs> so, for, good so, for is he. Up. <laughs> so is he this is perfect um, I even saw one Indy walk around with a, a buddy dressed like uh, his dad Dr. Jones that was mm-hmm. really funny I saw uh, on, and there was a Lego man Indiana okay. Jones the guy had yeah. like a, an official looking giant Lego man yeah. head Indy hat wild and he's holding the, the grail <laughs> that was very funny I was like oh he's He's crusade indie, yeah. crusade specific indie um so there's two crusade specific indies there the uh i saw um this was funny i saw two ledger jokers mm-hmm. one leto jo- joker walking mm-hmm. around with a harley quinn and one uh joaquin phoenix joker so we got three different yep. jokers i didn't see any burton jokers unfortunately mm-hmm. i would have loved to have seen a caesar romero someone with like a mustache yeah. but painted, uh-huh. painted yeah. white <laughs> that would have been good but no uh and then it's like they name a like a fandom and it's there yeah because I mean, it, it is the mega convention it is the they took all of the subcons yeah and put them all in one mega con and it's all there comics anime movies tv uh, uh, it's wild you name it it, 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 is, it is wild it's huge and we got there early as fuck when it first opened so we can like walk around and actually enjoy it Still full of people. By, by 3 p.m huh. it, it was like we left it was immovable uh-huh. it was uh Kind of sickening, actually. Yeah, dude, it's a convention. <laughs> and then the thing is, like, uh, For, at this point in time, it's just a pop culture convention. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it just a culture convention. And uh, at one point, and then I was also worried, like, man, this is gonna. These places are notoriously stinky because people are walking around in their old costumes and and yeah. you know, lack of body uh, deodorant and stuff. Only a handful of times that like I walk by someone, it was just like whoa, I'm like whoa, <laughs> whoa, like there's <laughs> one that like oh. That, it stings my eyes like my nose it's yeah. pinching it's, ugh. only a couple times so I felt fortunate that I didn't have to poke with that very I have a sensitive nose sometimes um, but it was shit it was awesome it was fun I, I bought a, a patches for that for like the thing that's all I bought a couple patches for the thing and Blade Runner yeah there you go <laughs> I was like I, 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 I'm so predictable I gotta get this shit but it was interesting oh and I saw Simon Russell which was awesome. Awesome. Which was awesome. Good for good for him. He lost, of course. But it was the most entertaining match. Oh yeah. Um, well, he's he's a heel, so it he, doesn't surprise me when he loses. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was a heel versus heel match. Oh, okay. So he had a chance. I was like, oh, he might actually win yeah. this one, mm-hmm. but he still lost because it's yeah. funny. It's yeah. funny when he loses. No, it is. Um, John Carlos Esposito was there, and he also did a panel apparently, mm-hmm. and all this shit. So, uh, speaking of Mandalorian, yeah. when I told mom, I was like, John Carlos Esposito was there. He's like, what was he there for? Like, what's he going to talk about? Well, like, oh, Breaking Bad and Mandalorian. He's like, oh, he's in Star Wars. Yeah, uh-huh. everyone's in Star yeah. Wars now. He's, yeah. he, he's Moff Gideon. He had the uh, dark saber for a while. Yeah, bugging and, and, out himself had and, the dark saber, and apparently he's. And he's a popcorn again. They're bringing Still back. Out there. I think they're bringing. They're bringing back. <laughs> they're bringing back Moff Gideon. We're gonna get more Esposito for sure. Um, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm liking Mando. I'm liking Mando. Oh, I took a picture with the Mando. Oh, the guy in the Mando costume. Me and Marissa and her friend Aaron. And uh, I didn't even think about it. I just, just like let's take a picture. I walked up there. We took the picture. Smile. And then I looked at the picture later that night. Uh, 
This was a short Mando. This Jin Jarin was like five seven. Yeah, uh-huh. it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like man, yeah, you had to get a short Mando costume. Uh, it was it was fun. Good good times, guys. Good job, MegaCon. Man, the place was big. Uh, I did watch a movie this week. A short movie though. Okay. It was under an hour and a half, and it's on Shutter. Uh, our boy Ron mm-hmm. out in L.A. Ron, L.A. Ron, Ron the Wonderful. Uh. I was about to say, is there another run that I should know about? No, <laughs> but, he, but he's L.A. Ron. <laughs> he was briefly uh, Colorado Ron. Okay, it's short time, but now he's L.A. Ron. He uh, on Instagram he sent to our show Instagram a video of a trailer. Um, actually, maybe should I just I should, let me just show you the trailer because then it what the it explains pretty much what the movie is. Okay, and. Um, it was the kind of trailer where I'm like, is this a real movie? And, uh-huh. and, I, and then I Google it, and it's on uh, Shutter. Okay, so it is a real movie. So it's just a guy driving, and he pulls up to a rest area. So he's getting drunk at a rest area. Everything all right over there, my friend? I'm not much of a the voice from a bathroom. Yep. You're not in the least bit curious as to what I have to say. Is that? not in the conversation. Yes, it is. Random dudes hiding out in bathroom stalls. What? No one is coming to help you, friend. Anybody! So you're a guy living in a rest stop bathroom in a stall that's glory hole adjacent. I am he. I am that god. The universe has a favor to ask. You need to satisfy my physical form. There's only one part of you that can do that. Yeah? I'm not doing it. I don't care how many people are safe. Total annihilation of all life. So this guy's at a rest stop. And apparently he has to sacrifice his penis to some sort of ancient god of the bathroom glory hole. Yeah. Yeah. And it does some interesting body horror stuff. Man. Oh, and, and, and J.K. Simmons is, is the god. And J.K. Simmons <laughs> is the voice of this god, of this bathroom stall god. Um, okay. Yeah, it goes body horror. It goes Cthulhu, like Lovecraftian. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, yeah. It's just a guy. It just, and then it's just J.K. Simmons' voice. Yeah, so he doesn't have to be there. So it's just one guy, yeah. mostly, for the most part, in the bathroom. Surprisingly watchable. No. Yeah. For an hour and 15, 20 minutes. Interesting. I'll, I'll say this. This is definitely the type of movie that would be hit at a film festival. Yeah. I can see this being a midnight screening and people are like, yes, this movie's wild. Mm-hmm. It's a definitely a type of movie that could have been 20 minutes shorter. It could have been an episode of like something. Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet yeah. of Curiosities would have been a great, great Cabinet of Curiosities episode. Um, it's a little more highbrow, Chris. Maybe. Mm. <laughs> Um, but as it is, it was interesting. It was a fine watch. I, did, I didn't like not like it at all. It, it, it goes mean, places and demonic glory hole. That's I mean, I mean, it's a <laughs> that that's a setup where you tell it to sound like that. No way, that's a movie. There's no way there's a glory hole. It's like the main part of a movie. Oh, yeah, and they yeah, keep yeah. referencing the glory hole yeah. and then your whole time you're like, this guy can stick his dick in the glory uh-huh. hole. That's a that's the, the central what hook yeah. of the film. <laughs> um, 
But then the ending is interesting. It goes places where like, wow, I was not expecting this. Uh, it, sure. it gets pretty gross. Uh, uh, I mean, it has to at least be a decent idea, or J.K. Simmons would not be in the movie. Yes, yes. He, <laughs> yeah, his his character, his god character, or whatever. Not a, a god ish, whatever it is. Uh, like the lore they have for him and all that that they explain is very fun. The way they show it with this bit of animation overlaid over the bathroom store dolls, like he's getting a vision sort of, is really good. Um, yeah, the store dolls. The store dolls and stuff. I mean, it's weird. And, and then some cool, like, um, <clears throat> they do some cool things where it's like he, he he tries to escape or he goes through a vent and he pops out the vent and it's like he's back in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Cube. You know, like I'm stuck mm-hmm. in this location. It's good. It, it's it's surprisingly good. Glorious. It came out last year, 2022. I watched it on Shudder via, via the AMC Plus app specifically. But like when he said it to me, and I was watching the trailer, I was like, "This ain't real." <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> it's an hour and twenty minutes long, Chris, <laughs> and you watched the whole thing now. And I did, and I did. You know what? It's shorter than the pilot episode for Columbo. There you go. Which I also watched <laughs> <laughs> because I like Poker Face. Yeah. On Peacock, and they're like all like, "This is specifically we're riffing on Columbo." So I went back to watch. I'm like, Man, I haven't watched Columbo since I was a child. Uh, let me at least watch a pilot. It was a weird thing. I couldn't find more information. I didn't do much looking, but I couldn't find more information. There's, um, they did a pilot episode in 68. Really? They did a TV movie in 68. And then they did another one in 71, three years later. And then in 71 is when the show started and and the show ran from 71 to 79. But then I think there was a revival in 84 and it ran again from 84. It's like 89. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the Columbo that we know. Yeah. Because um, he's older, he's frumpier. That's probably what we know. When he watches 68 Columbo, dude, Falk is so young. <laughs> so, he's so skinny. He's got so much makeup on, too. Like, they just pancaked it on him. We can tell now with our HDTVs. Um, but I, I watched it. I think I watched it on Amazon Prime. And it's an hour and a half. And it's so funny where Poker Face is constructed. Like, a lot of the episodes, and what I like about him is they're constructed like um, episode starts uh, without early without poker face uh, with the other people and then we see what their situation is we see the murder we see the cover-up and then poker face strolls into the scene uh-huh. like what's going on in uh-huh. here I mean, i'm gonna solve some shit colombo this thing's an hour and a half uh he peter falk does not show up until 30 minutes into the fucking thing there you go. it's the full yeah. first 30 minutes of all these other people it's so funny and then he's like poking around oh just one other thing he says that at least three times <laughs> it's it was good it was very entertaining and uh, and also fun because it's 68 seeing like the fashion and the, the production design mm-hmm. the furniture and stuff like that is all cool um, it was good it was, it's good Chris X Columbo I do like Columbo I think I'm gonna watch some Columbos you know between I'll watch Succession I swear to God <laughs> it just started I haven't watched any of it yet but it started are you gonna let it build up and then, I am. And then, I'm gonna and let then it build a little bit yeah. okay well not I'm not, probably not the whole thing I'm gonna build up a couple episodes okay and it's only because Thank God it started after Perry Mason. So like, and Perry oh, yeah, Mason's Perry Mason. gonna finish first. I watched. Yeah. That's the only thing I did watch this week. How was it? I watched the first episode of season two. Yeah, how do you feel about it? I like it. It's a different showrunner, I think, this year. Okay. Did it feel any different? As, well, as I you mean, can remember. It, well, here's the thing. It is. It. It's a different show yeah. because the first season is like. Perry Mason begins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He, so he, he finally shaves in the last episode. So, so he's a detective until he becomes a lawyer. Now yeah. he's a fucking lawyer. So like other people are doing the detective work now. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing different stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a different type of show. It, is, it does. That does fundamentally mm. make it a different show. Yeah. Right? It's very interesting. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. 
I'll, so, I'll watch season. But yeah, but because I saw I mean, season one, so I'll watch season. Two. Yeah, the, I think there are like four episodes so far. New okay. episodes are Mondays. I only watched the first one, so it's the setup for the season. And those are an hour. Yeah, is succession half an hour, an hour. Oh, uh, or is that like, is it one of those things think, like 30, yeah, it's, 40? It's what it needs to be. That's fair. I actually, like, <laughs> I, I actually like that. Yeah, Mando's like that, where it's like the first episode was only like thirty minutes, yeah. but then the one of the Bo-Katan ones was like fifty three. Exactly. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> got a lot of story to tell this week, and then it ends up being yeah. You needed to tell this part of the story. Yeah. Um, okay, so Perry Mason, first episode, getting uh, like an okay thumbs yeah. up. <laughs> like, well, like I said, it's just a setup. Like, it, yeah. it, you know, a one-two punch would have been the first two episodes, but I didn't have enough time. Yeah. Because, like, the first episode is just all set up. Yeah. Like, you, like, the murder that's obviously going to be the rest of the season. Yeah. Happens at the end of, season, of episode one. So we're building so, up to that yeah. murder, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of shows now they they set up their their seasons to be like episodes one and two need to be kind of watched back to back to really get you going, and then even though they'll release like here's Amazon like here's the first three episodes, and then we'll release them mm-hmm. one at a time after that. Um, oh, okay, that's so Perry Mason. Perry that sounds shit. Perry Mason. That's good. Um. I did play some Vampire Survivors this week, too, and I wasted some time doing that. It just got, like, a, a British, like, film awards, like, Game of the Year award. Okay. Yeah, with, with cool. those walk Because it's so simple. Maybe. You know? I mean, dude, simple, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you do simple, if you do it well. So true. Yeah. That, that is so true. Um, did you watch anything else? No, that was it. That was That's it. all I had the time for. I did, I did watch, um, just, like, randomly putting on Pluto TV, like, late one night, kind of late. Before I went to bed, uh, the Sergio Leone movie, A Fistful of Dynamite, okay. which is originally called Duck, You Sucker. Um, and that's the on-screen title, but you can find it under Fistful of Dynamite. That one's fun because it's James Coburn. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's a dynamite specialist, so he's just blowing shit up left and right. And the movie is really funny to watch because it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe like a two-hour movie. And I swear to God, it it ends... And then starts a new movie like every 25 minutes. <laughs> it, it's so episodic where they, they do a mission and it succeeds and then like everyone's happy and then like, they literally just go down the street and then like something they wrap movie. a whole other thing they get these two characters get wrapped up into. Um, but it's it's very entertaining and fun to watch and it's Sergio Leone. It's good. And then he also does some great cross-cutting stuff and there's a really funny flashback sequence where just as James Coburn is dying, he's remembering like how he used to hang out with his girlfriend and his friend, and it's all just like slow motion, uh, gauzy lighting, and they're outside, and and they're and they're like jumping around and laughing, and then Coburn kisses this girl while the friend gets like really close, and he's watching <laughs> him. He's like, "This is like, yeah," he's smiling, <laughs> and then and then uh, and then it seems like he's like, "Come on, let me get in there," and then the girl's like, "Okay," and then he she starts kissing him and Coburn, and then it closes with him like laughing and smiling, he's like, ha, 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 "Yeah, now they're kissing. This is weird as fuck." And then he dies. Like that's his memory as he's dying. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Anyway. Yeah. So it was a, a, the, the, the time the Eiffel Tower that hoe. They're, they're, yeah, they were, they were a thruple. <laughs> they were a thruple. Good for them. I, just, I, was, I was wondering, are, they, are now the men going to kiss? I mean, well, maybe. They may have been a bridge too yeah. far for those 60s Italians. All depends. Coburn's like, I'm not kissing no man. All right, relax, Jimmy. Jesus, shit. Thought you fucking... <laughs> Thought we were all in this together. Yeah, I thought we were having fun. <laughs> we're in Italy. Come on. Come on. I got some limoncello over here. Some catcher the pepe. <clears throat> okay, so we're out of stuff. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, have, I, have, <laughs> I have so many news stories for the second half. Okay, good. It's fine. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna be back with the second half of the show, and uh, I think we don't have any emails either. So we'll jump right into the news. All right. Yep. Here we go. 
Uh, well, on this Lich, Lich, 2020, Lich Day 2023. Yes. Uh, we, we roll back to tomb, and inside the tomb, we see uh, not our Lord and Savior, Jeebus Christ, but instead, uh, 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 it's a me, <laughs> Mario. Did you see the Mario, Chris? Not yet. Not yet. Gonna. Do you, do you plan on seeing the Mario? I do. I, I plan on seeing it on the street. I, I am not paying good money and time in a theater yeah. to watch a Mario movie. Yeah. I, I was burned the first time, dude. It's a deep wound. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it is a deep wound, Chris. <laughs> I wonder, what's what's the Rotten Tomato oh, score for the original? The OG? For the Bob Hoskins as... <laughs> What are you, Mario, Mario, Mario? What's your I, name? Luigi, Luigi, Luigi? No, Luigi Mario. <laughs> I mean, oh man. They could have at least gotten uh, the, the wrestler guy from the fucking cartoon. Oh, Lou Alba- Albano? Yeah. He may have been dead by that time. He, he was not in good health for a very long time. Super Mario Brothers from 1993, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes that, with an average is, rating of 4.10. That, that is obnoxiously high. <laughs> you think that's high? I'd very, Chris. Like this, we're talking street le- Street Fighter level of bad here. I mean, boy, um, Super Mario was interesting. <laughs> that movie is interesting. <laughs> they took some swings, boy, that they <laughs> and they missed all of them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to what I imagine is the case with this film, Super Mario Brothers, which no, I have not seen. Drew uh, Marissa wants to see it, I, but, but uh, she'll be out of town for a few weekends in a row, so we're gonna have to you know make it work. I, I I have a feeling this is one of those made for kids, but a little meta for adults, so they can go, "Hey, I'm smart." Hey, I don't know the references. Um, for what I'm reading, I'm doing a little bit of reading on it. I don't know; it doesn't necessarily get that. It doesn't seem to be trying to entertain the adults too much. Okay, so the kids. Yes, this fully feels like it's for kids, and for anyone who approaches it with a kid-like attitude, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. There's no problem with that. Uh, fifty-six percent. Tomato score. Okay. So I don't think that's the highest video game movie score. No. Wouldn't that be that? What's the What's the uh, Tomb Raider? One of the last ones. The, the last one. The one. The it, one with what's her name? Vikander. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't bad. It's was still awful, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> it's it's video game. Uh, I mean, know, for vi- for a video game uh, movie, uh, it's pretty cream of the crop. For actual movie movie, still, still alone. We see that's from 2018. It's got a great cast: Dominic West, Walton Goggins. 53%. So maybe it is now the highest rated yeah. at 56. It is not the best. For video movies. Game. For yes, movies. For video game movies. Last of Us is like yeah. 90%. Everyone loves Last of Us. Well, yeah, but that, that's it's not a movie. It's a series. That's a series. It's called TV. That's different. They, had, they were able to spend 10 hours to tell a story. You, you need to. The, the video game took 10 hours to tell that story. So you need to do it if you want to do it properly. This one, 56%. Average rating, 5.6. Top critics, ooh, it drops to 4.8. Um, and then the consensus is that uh, it's colorful, thinly plotted. Uh, the, the thing here for Rotten Tomatoes says as, as many Nintendo's as Nintendo'ts. Get the, get the fuck out of here. Get your, your quipster motherfucker. Oh, technically, this is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay. As opposed to the other film, which yeah. is Mario. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. That's it. This one's okay. the movie. Yeah. Um,. But I, yeah, I was flipping through some reviews real quick, just blurbs, and m- mostly even the positive ones are like, hey, it goes by fast, it's fine. <laughs> At least it goes by fast. And then the negative ones are like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, whatever. Um, I mean, it's a Mario movie. Do you, I mean, it, it, once again, it's not like it's Lord Miller's Super Mario movie, well, so it's not, yeah, gonna ma- it, it's, it's not going to hit that 
extra mark. Yeah, that, that's the thing. When so I'm seeing part of the reason why I'm bringing this up in its scores because then obviously the audience score is ninety six percent. You know, it's the internet, of course. Well, that it's also. I mean, it's it, it's fan service anyway. Fan service. People who love Mario are going to see it. They're going to see the Mario. They're going to be happy with it. it, and then they're they're yeah. not even thinking about it as a movie. They mm-hmm. just think it as a Mario experience, and that is fine. You're allowed to do that. Uh, but then, of course, I'm seeing online. What are the, what, why do we even have critics if you know they're going to see a movie like this and give a bad review? Blah blah blah. Um, you know what do they expect from a Mario movie? They just want a good. People just want a good movie. Uh, who cares yeah. what the trappings are of it? No one, not no one, but people weren't going to the Lego movie and being like, "I'm sure this is gonna, this is going to be amazing cinema." It's Lego bricks. I'm sure no, there are exactly. people no, sitting I, down I, like this is going to be such bullshit. I saw the trailer and I was like. Yeah, I want to see an entire. How do they make an entire universe out of yeah. Lego? How do they do this for a whole movie? Yeah, right. that I want. And then I came out of the movie and I was like, "That's amazing." Uh, what, what the Sheva? It's a stunning film. The, how stunning, well-made movie <laughs> that could have been a throwaway. This is bullshit for kids. Let's make a quick buck. But instead, they're like, "No, let's make a real solid. Let's film. make a movie." So it's possible. <laughs> so it's possible that the Super Mario Brothers movie could have been like, "Holy shit, this is a good movie." They're yeah. not just pandering mm-hmm. to people and to children. But instead, they gave something that's pretty thin and panders to children, and that's fine. You know, because it there, works. There isn't. There, 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 I mean, it's part of the billion-dollar children's industry. Yes, <laughs> it just. It's just part. It just. Content for the mill. It's grist for the mills. What is and and it worked for Nintendo. It worked for uh, Universal. It worked for Illumination. The box office is record setting. Um, over the five day because it's the Easter mm-hmm. five day. It came out on Wednesday. It made two hundred and four point six million dollars. Uh, North America. So we're getting another Mario video games. What you're telling me? <laughs> oh my god! It, it's just it's just not another successful part of the yeah the chain to feed into the next thing to you know I wonder if we're gonna get the Super Mario Brothers movie the video game you know that'd be interesting with like Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario oh that'd be horrible um, so rec- record setting five day um, for yeah record setting five day the previous one was Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen at two hundred million. And it also is the biggest worldwide opening for uh, animated film at 377 worldwide already. Okay. This thing might make a billion dollars. I mean, yeah, but it's fucking Mario, dude. Mario's top five most recognizable characters in the world. That's what I'm saying. Darth like, Vader, Homer is... Simpson, Mickey Mouse, Mario, Pikachu. That's it. It is like. Who's it, more popular than those five it, people? It is a cultural staple. Yeah. Yeah, it is worldwide. Yeah. Beyond Japan, where it was born. It yeah. is a worldwide cultural force. Same thing Mario. Pikachu. Mario, Pikachu, Darth Vader, which really represents all Star Wars. Yeah. Homer, Mickey Mouse. No. Right? Okay, so we got three American, two Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Two of them owned by Disney now, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that's top five. I think it's pretty unassailable mm-hmm. top five. Uh, that's my Mount, that's my Mount Rushmore of these no, people. No, actually, I'll throw oh. it. Oh, Disney owns top three. Disney owns. If it's, if, it's, if it's Mickey Mouse, Homer Simpson, and fucking Darth Vader. And, oh, yeah, that's true. Yep, fine. Three. They own three. They own three to five. They own the three American ones. They own all three. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the way it is. Good for them. Ron DeSantis is like, I'm, I'm going to outsmart them. Oh, gee. No, you're not. Oh, you fucking idiot. Oh, d- you short the whole, idiot. The whole t- Disney was like, yeah, no, don't worry, Rob. We'll, we'll do whatever you want, bro. It did seem not, weird that Disney not, was like, a, like, they're not doing anything. They're not saying they're doing anything. Because they already knew. Because they already did it. They already did it in public. It had already been done. They did it in public and no one was paying attention. Anyway, we talk about that. 
So Mario's record saying opening weekend, it's going to make a ton of money. It's critic proof like the Transformers films. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'll see it in a couple weeks yeah. when the theaters are less empty and there's less kids in them. I'll see it in streaming. And you'll see it on streaming on, it's universal, so Peacock. Okay. You'll see it on Peacock in about 45 days. No, I didn't see Super Mario Brothers. Instead, I... Uh, because I'm an adult, I went and I saw the adult movie, Air. So you, you saw the fake movie. I saw I saw the fake movie. <laughs> so it's real. Which is a... Re- I sat down. I was like, <laughs> so what are they going to do? Make make noises at us for an hour and a half and pretend it's a movie? How is this, this fake movie a real movie? No, it was a real movie. Okay. I was like, holy shit, there's scenes, there's dialogue, there's emotion. I can't believe <laughs> it's this. Interesting. It's interesting. I'm interested the whole time. Um, under two hours, hour 50. Okay. Uh, ben Affleck directs. He plays Phil Knight, CEO of Nike. Matt Damon is uh, Sonny Vaccaro, the guy who's like, he's the one who looks for talent to put shoes on, you know, as part of, and then he hands that off to Jason Bateman's guy who's marketing, right? That's like kind of your central mm-hmm. dudes. The old Davis's mom, uh, they just get some guy to play dad. I don't know who he was. And uh, I feel like. Spoiler, he dies. <laughs> yeah, they showed that. Not showed that. They showed the headlines. Um, mostly. The actors you see the most in this movie would be obviously Matt Damon as the lead, and then I feel like maybe a second lead, a sort of Yola Davis. When okay. once they introduce the mom character, uh, we get a good amount of her. She's very good. Obviously, she's fucking Yola Davis, yeah. right? Duh. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the amazing <laughs> insight to say Yola Davis is good in a movie. You fucking idiot. <laughs> um, it's interesting because um, I mean, obviously, we know what the story. It's how Nike signs Michael oh, Jordan. Some people know the story. Not everybody. Not, I mean, not the beats of the story. We know that. Air Jordans are Nike. Yeah, I mean, I know a little bit more of the story just because Sarasota's got a weird title, Michael Jordan. With the Chicago White Sox, which they show a little bit of that, too. I'll explain all that. How can you spoil this? This is a (laughs) spoiler-free film because it's all... It all happened. It all happened. And and we all know. We're all sitting down knowing. Well, if you were alive, you know. If you were alive at the time. I think not even if you're alive at the time. I'm I'm not talking about the beats of it. I'm just talking about the fact that Michael Jordan, Air Jordans, is a Nike shoe. Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, everybody knows that. Everyone knows that. So you're sitting down to see how they made that happen. So there's no like, oh, my God, is he going to make the phone call? Is this, Mm -hmm. it's, you're just sitting there waiting. Okay. And (laughs) And the phone phone call. Okay. Now it's like, you know, so there's no tension in that. So it really is about. How interesting are the beats of it? And it is positioned as an underdog story for Nike, which is hysterical. At the time, they were the number one, had the number one share in running shoes. Uh, but when it came to the basketball, they were in last Chuck place. Chuck T. Yeah, they were, it, it was, was all a, Converse. A, a, Converse and Adidas. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are the two biggest ones. And apparently Jordan at the time was like, made it known, I'm signing with Adidas. Those are the cool shoes. And if that fell through, it would have been Converse because Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, all those guys. Chuck were, Taylor. Yeah, exactly. So, so those were the, <laughs> the two cool the, shoes. The man on the logo. Those were the cool. <laughs> yes, those were the cool shoes, and the cool companies. And Nike was like the New Balance of the day. Yeah. Dad, dad, running mm-hmm. shoes. White and dad running shoes. Black people were like, we don't run. We run from the police, and that's it. <laughs> Well, uh, maybe we should wear our shoes. Well, maybe we should consider wearing <laughs> our air soles, perhaps. Maybe think about these. Um, so it is how. And then Michael Jordan apparently was like vocally, I ain't signed with Nike. They're corny. I'm not doing it. So the movie is very much just about how do they flip that? How do they design, you know, how do they come up with the idea to design the shoe for him? All the little beats are very interesting. How big were the bags of money? How what sizes, dimensions? The money. The money is obviously <laughs> a huge thing, yes. And 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 the last minute swerve that uh, his mom throws in for, for uh, points on the shoes and everything, which is like, 
Uh, well, Super smart. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun <laughs> little thing at the end where it's like, oh my God, is the deal going to blow up? Of course, it's not blowing up. You're wearing Nike. You're wearing Jordans <laughs> now in the theater. That's the thing. So Marissa wore her Jordans. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> she's from Chicago, grew up wearing Jordans her yeah. whole life. So she wore her freshest pair. Um, and then I definitely noticed walking Everyone, out of yeah. the theater, people, it's like, it's like when you go to Spider-Man, No Way Home, and people are wearing Spider-Man outfits. You go to air and you wear your Jordans and people are for sure wearing their Jordans. That was a lot of fun yeah. to see, actually. Um it's good. It's a very entertaining, well-made movie. Ben Affleck can direct a fucking movie. Duh. Matt, Matt Damon's a good actor. Yes. Right? He's he's a watchable lead. Uh-huh. I can follow him, do most things in most movies. Man, I really hope one day fucking Matt Damon's not like, I want to direct. Ben, you should act. That would be the worst movie on That'd be ever funny. Made. If they do it and it's bad, that'd well, be funny. If they do it... Matt Damon has it. I'm surprised. I'm on, he, maybe, I'm he on, doesn't, maybe he doesn't want to direct at all. I, he hasn't done it by now. I am on record as saying Ben Affleck is a far better director Superior. than he ever was an actor. Superior. In this one, he's playing Phil Knight. He's, he's just fine. He's just Ben Affleck for the mm. most part. You know, he's not... He's, uh, he's at least he doesn't rip his shirt off backwards and be like, look at my tattoo! <laughs> yeah. No, he, that would have been... It's a phoenix. <laughs> oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. Oh, Ben. Oh, you know, ben. backwards Superman. He, ben, Affleck, you know, he's also very self-aware about himself. And I'm sure. He's, he's kind of like, you know, Spanish. He's a likable guy. I'm sure he is. Yeah. He has an awful tattoo on his he's back. He's an alcoholic. He has an awful tattoo on his back. giant. He must have got it when he was drunk. It was during one of his... I bet you <laughs> asked him, he's like, yeah, it was when I was, when I was drinking. <laughs> I got when I was drinking. I'm rising from the flames. I'm rising from the flames, Jennifer Garner. I love you. Ooh, Anna Armas. How you doing? <laughs> guy, guy's failing drunk backwards into the arms of Anna Armas, this motherfucker. <laughs> no, they, never they mind. That, they call that failing upward, Chris. It's yeah. something rich white people It's rich white He's like, you know what? I'll get sober and then hook, go back to the, the world's most ageless Latino. Actually, some high guy. Never mind. So, um, it's a funny thing where the movie first off like I was saying earlier they mentioned the murder of his dad's murder and they mentioned it's time of playing baseball not that they mentioned but that it's worked into um, Sonny gives this speech to Michael at the pitch meeting about since since we've already all this has already happened and we know that it's happened we can do this we can have him give a speech where it's like this is gonna happen to you and then we get a montage of all this shit really happening you know where it's like listen you're great everyone knows it you're gonna be the best uh, America loves your kind of story we're gonna build you up and then we're gonna tear you down and then it's all about how you bounce back from that and then while I talking about him his all trials that he's going to have um, then you get a montage of like tabloid headlines about cheating and divorces gambling. and gambling. The gambling like, was so bad. The gambling was a huge <laughs> thing. Yes, absolutely. The um, uh, his father uh, dying. The headline of his father being killed, which is very sad. Obviously, yeah. the um, uh, what else? The baseball. Him in a, in a White Sox uniform, uh, dropping fly balls and, and 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 striking out and shit. And you see a little Drusa Cogburn in the background with a bag. He's like, yeah, with his pants off. He's, he's Porky Pig in the back. In yeah. the, how old are you? Eight. I four? mean, however old I was when he was there. I mean, if you, you give me the times, ninety five. So I think ninety five. So that means I was twelve. Okay. All right, Latoya Rodriguez Cameron was in the background of air running around. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Had two different games, three times total. That's fucking fantastic. The uh, so yeah, all that's in there, and you can do that because yeah. we all know, Mike. Yeah, Michael Jordan yeah. already. All the stuff has already happened. Yeah, he can't play baseball. And yeah, and then they also did a funny thing where at the end, where you know, obviously they hear is like eight minutes of text on the screen to catch you up on where all the people are. You know, real life stuff. Um, one of the first ones. This is I find shit like this very fun. Where um, Phil Knight. He's like, they're talking about how much money they could make on one person's shoe anyway. 
because it's, it's obviously the very first year to do it. And it's like, I mean, what, what's the most we can make with one person? <laughs> $3 million in a year? And he's laying on a couch while he's thinking, it's like, he's saying to himself, $3 million? And, and, then, and then over Worldwide, yeah. over, over the last time we did it, Mayor well, Jordan has made... <laughs> well, it's funny, because he's like, $3 million a year? And the first it says, he they sold $140 million, I think, in the first year alone on yeah. his shoes. So it's like, wow, right? And then it said, um, to this day, Jordan makes... Four hundred million a year in passive income off of Air Jordans, like and, and that's just cut. the money he makes. Yeah, that's his money. Yes, that's his cut. And it's a and it's a cut. <laughs> it's not even. Oh my God, Nike. That's his cut. <laughs> they're, they're like set for life. Nike will never go out of business. You know, not how, anymore. How how could they go? Out? The dollar would have to crash <laughs> for, for them to go out of business. Mm. They'd have to invest it all into like Dogecoin or something. Get an the, Elon Musk the, in charge. The, the over only there. way it could happen is if. Uh, when LeBron finally retires, mm-hmm. if he ever does it like a, a shoe deal and that becomes big, if that is not with Nike, that could. <laughs> They'll always have the Air Jordans to fall back on. I don't know if this will ever go uh, out of style. They're, they're going to be pretty timeless, like um, like top hats and, and long and yes, tail tuxedos. And <laughs> yes, and frilly shirts. <laughs> Man, I if it wasn't so hot, I'd bring back a frilly shirt. I mean, Chris, they're made out of linen. They're actually, they're, yeah, they're, not, they're not as hot as you think that's they are. That's true. But then it becomes an issue of wrinkle, wrinkles. Well, I mean, it's linen. I know. <laughs> I mean, if, it wasn't of, if we can invent a wrinkle-free linen, I'd be wearing linen suits all day. I'd be full, I mean, they, Chris, full on South American drug they, lord fashion. They tried. It's called polyester. No. no. <laughs> like I said, they tried. No. <laughs> awful. 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 That's the opposite of what I need. That's Rayon? I don't know what what's that sport fabric everyone's doing these days. Just drive themselves in the garbage bag and you go running down the street, <laughs> sweat your ass off. Um, also, so the movie's eighty four. Uh, so they they do the hysterical thing where it's like, how many different things from nineteen eighty four can we show you to yeah. like establish a time period? It's very silly and fun. Um, the soundtrack is interesting because there's very little original music. Uh, and I actually had to look this shit up because there's this one song they kept using over and over. And I was like, Mother, I know I, this fucking song. I know what this goddamn song is. Um, so Affleck used a lot of like, you know, uh, radio hits from the time, mm-hmm. uh, which is not surprising. Um, but then instead of using an original score, he used music cues from other movies from the 80s. So like they just drop the Axel Foley. They just drop it in there and use it like legit for real. Like, oh, yeah, this is in our score, too, now, which is hysterical. Um, and then they use this one. I well, I mean, if they've got enough money and they can get them rights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can be, Chris. They, and they paid. They, paid a, they must have paid a lot of rights for a lot of scores because it's hysterical how much. Um, or, I mean, who... who what company is behind this movie? Maybe it's maybe. Un, it's Universal distribute. No, who distributed? No, it's um, Amazon. Amazon Studios who have infinite pockets. It cost okay. ninety million dollars to make the movie, and then Amazon uh, bought the rights for it for one hundred and twenty-five dollars. And then I think they're footing the bill for the marketing, which is probably another ninety mil. A big deal because this is only the second like full theatrical release we're getting from a stream a streamer yeah. like uh, thousands of screens and. Uh, that no announced date for a streaming debut and all that, and it made twenty million dollars this weekend, which is just a little ahead of estimates. So they're happy with that because it is R rated. Yeah. Just for saying, fuck a lot. Um, they use this from the uh, oh, what is it? A risky business soundtrack. It's a Tangerine Dream soundtrack because it was a fucking early '80s and mm-hmm. they did everything. And they use this song, and they use it like four times. And this is on like one of my. My playlist of music I listen to frequently. Nah. So I'm hearing this in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck? 
this song. How? Like, how? <laughs> what is this? I know this song. I know this song. It was it was blowing me away. Yeah. Uh, but they used this and shit from uh, oh, here's like from the Park is Mine, the Tom Lee Jones movie. Some more Tangerine Dream. Yeah, just just wait till forty years from now and people are ripping off fucking Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be awesome. That's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I love all this shit. Anyway, Tangerine Dream is great. Um, so an air has like a ninety-two or something like that. Okay. Over here. Yeah, ninety-two percent certified frosh. It's certified frosh. <laughs> look at look at. Uh, 98% audience score break and it's audiences who gives a shit top critics 86% holds at 7.4 so that's good man Here's good. Well, it's an good. adult movie it's an adult movie it's uh, I, I'm glad that it's out there it's the exact type of movie people say don't get made anymore mm-hmm. I'm glad I saw it um, it's good it's, I'll watch it on streaming when it comes out it'll be worth it it'll be worth clicking on when it hits uh, Prime yeah. when it hits Prime and then also it's good when it makes money because it's this artist equity company that Affleck and Damon started and oh, okay. they're CEOs yeah. of. So well, I mean, it's a type of thing yeah. that more people are making money behind the scenes than you would with like other. Well, here's things. the thing. If they put a, if they made the movie and then Amazon bought it for 125 from, from them. Yeah. That means they already made the profit. That means people already got paid. They already got their cut. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how. Obviously, we don't know the specifics no. of the deals, but yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. Good for them. Good for the, yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Air. It's a thumbs up. Thumbs, thumbs up your butt for air. These mics bring us closer together now. I like it. It's more intimate. We got rid of the other one. So it's kept us further away from the table. And now we're like, what's up? How you doing? How's it, how's it going? Real friends here. What's up? So the Florida Film Festival. Are we good friends, Chris? I think so. Not like that. Oh, really good friends? <laughs> that's a, Not like that, That's Chris. a great intro into our, I was just about to say, it's a Florida Film Festival week. Great intro into our uh, little segment here on the Florida Film Fest, uh, which obviously it's movies that, I mean, a lot of people haven't even had a chance to see, so uh, it'll, it'll be fairly quick reviews, but uh, I did get to show Drew some of the, the shorts, mm-hmm. right? So we watched, we had a little impromptu mini film festival uh, beforehand, so we'll, we'll talk about that. But first, I do want to talk about the one documentary I watched so far, feature length. Uh, by next Sunday, I'll have more movies, and even the following Sunday, because this movie is playing after on sun, next Sunday evening. Anyway, you guys don't have to worry about how my brain's working. The uh, documentary I want to talk about is a film called With Peter Bradley, and I think it's something you would really like, Drew, because it's a, it's about an artist, uh, this man Peter Bradley who uh, he is, at the time of filming this, 79 years old. He's not like 82. And uh, he was a prominent black abstract artist in the New York City scene in the late 50s, maybe 60s, 70s. Okay. Up into the 80s. Very popular, very influential. His work hangs in museums. and most of the movie is it's an interview with him like because it's made by a guy who's like a cinematographer but he also happens to live in the same little upstate town new york as this guy who spends all his time in his home just painting while his wife works two jobs to try to keep the family afloat the two mm-hmm. of them uh but he met him one day and he was like you should make a movie about me and he's like you know what yeah, i should make a movie about you so he just like filmed him during a fucking covid lockdown just went over to his house every day for three to five hours filmed him uh drink beers and made a movie about him, how he painted his, his so half the movie is about the process, mm-hmm. how he does his abstract work, how he comes to it, how he approaches it. Uh, all that's very fascinating. He paints every single day, just cranking out stuff. 
and then the other half is like talking about his history and all his achievements and all the just by nature of you know racism systemic racism in america he's like the first black guy to do this and that and this and Mm -hmm. work here and work at the guggenheim and all this shit um but it's fascinating it's a fascinating story it's really well done great jazz score okay. that's done by a friend of uh of the artist peter mm-hmm. uh peter uh, peter bradley uh like we need a score we can't because they they cut it because of the guys jazz is a big part of this guy's uh, process ba- yes big part he was a contemporary of like my he says he like would hang out with miles davis and shit contemporary mm-hmm. of all them and um and obviously like the the guy the director apparently cut the movie too like all that music by those artists and then he's like i can't i can't afford that shit i cannot <laughs> afford this but fortunately peter bradley's friends with this guy who is a you know jazz uh i don't even know i didn't look up his ohio but he's i think he's a professor and, okay. and he's an accomplished musician javon jackson i think is the guy's name and it's an incredible jazz score that like works brilliantly with the with the film and it's really good it's really good. I don't know what kind of distribution to end up getting. This thing only had like two or three screenings, I believe. It'll end up on either one of those uh, ad-free, like, you know, mm-hmm. Watch Free Plus or Pluto History or yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, hopefully those. It would be nice if it did. Or, uh, I mean... Or Discovery Plus, maybe. Yeah, or, or it might... And, you know, it, it could end up on Prime. A lot of these little documentaries mm-hmm. end up on these streaming services because... They're documentaries, yeah. you know, Un- unless you're fucking Warner Herzog, nobody knows what the, f- or David Attenborough, nobody right. knows who the fuck you are. Right. There's, you can count the number of like, uh, like commercially successful document, documentary filmmakers. On Ken one Burns. Hand. <laughs> yeah, Ken Burns, right? Exactly. Oh my God. Uh, no, this, this is really good. And this is a guy's first film and he, and he did a great job. It's uh, it's 90 minutes. So it's maybe even a little under 90. And, uh, I enjoyed it with Peter Bradley. It's very good. Short films. We saw a few. We saw, uh, first in order this movie sulam which means the ladder, ladder. the ladder israeli for the ladder hebrew and uh it's a short film 10 minutes about a little girl a little girl not a little she's a teenager a teenager not middle school 13 middle school 12 they, they, they pulled up to middle school at the end and i was in middle school it said middle I, school i didn't pay attention no a middle school girl who uh, her mom is asking her to go to take making her go to Ace Hardware before school uh, to get a ladder to get a ladder because yeah. she doesn't speak any fucking English. Yeah, and so and she goes ladder, ladder. But then like also the white lady, she's also being a little obstinate. Oh, she's like, come on, being a cunt. You talking about <laughs> the mailboxes, sweetie? Yeah, exactly. She's a little. There's definitely a two way thing going on there. Well, three-way thing. Everybody's well, wrong in the situation. Yeah, because then the daughter who's being brought to the, translate the, the, refuses the, to translate. The daughter is being a spoiled brat, she like is. her mom calls her. Yeah. The little girl is right. She can't do anything on her own because she doesn't speak the fucking language. Right. And the white lady is not being helpful she's, in the slightest. She's purposely being like, uh, actually, can we get some help here on yeah. aisle three or some uh-huh. shit? Yeah, she's being purposely not welcoming to this immigrant family in a story set in central florida which mm-hmm. is where the uh, the filmmaker where she's from she's currently in the nyu film school <clears throat> and uh it's well made it's good yeah. gets across the story very well it, it's a story of codependency there's obviously love in a relationship and we're just seeing like a, a tough time for them and this whole thing also about identity and uh, being in a different place and being in america specifically and um generational you know uh, uh language barriers and stuff like that found it interesting that the the final scene for them essentially it plays out there's like a dramatic turn for their final scene uh and it plays out without speaking mm-hmm. it's, you know it's well it's just good 
It's a good movie making. It's fine. It's good. It's good movie making. It's fine. It's uh, it's what you would expect at a film festival. Yes. Um, really good friends. Another ten minute short. Uh, we are not that good friends, Chris. We are not. This we are not really good friends on this way. We're good <laughs> friends. We're not like this. Uh, this is about a lady, Mary, who is what maybe in her sixties. Mary Phillips. Actually, she, she she says her full name. That's her full name. Yeah. Uh, the director for this one said that uh, he met this lady. He he was more he's more into making movies about whole like I think uh, uh, cultures mm-hmm. as opposed to just single people single profile. Uh, so they suggested someone that he knew, like his aunt was like, "Oh, I knew I know this lady who's part of a local BDSM uh, sub like culture uh, subgroup in like Minnesota or some shit. I don't mm. know." So he meets her, and with the idea of doing something about everyone, but then he's like, actually, I, I like this lady's story for some reason, so oh. he did on her, and he's working on a, a feature film called The Flamingo that's going to be all about Mary Phillips, yeah. and it's all about how she hooks up with this dude, Dom, every uh-huh. now and then at a hotel. Yeah. And, and, and the weird shit that goes on. And they got they got their own BDSM <laughs> sub, Dom sub thing going on, and yeah. it's like a, a, a slow reveal halfway through, sort of, so like when she pulls out the <coughs> suitcase of yep, toys. Suitcase of toys. It's, well, well, yeah, well, because she opens up the suitcase at the beginning, and it looks like it's just like stuff. Like there's no like <laughs> visible like but, sex toys. Yeah, and, and, and there's also no clothes. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like there's like paint stirs and wooden <laughs> spoons and a paint that, stir. And, and that, the, I think the reveal that those leather strips are actually a whip. Yes. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's where you're like, oh, wait a minute, I know what's going on here. Lot, yeah, we see, <laughs> oh, we see in here what's going on. Yeah, so you got to put down liners yeah. for things. So it's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah. Sanit- sanitation, sanitation yes. was a big uh-huh. focus on this. It's all about the prep, and as she yeah. has a voiceover about how she met Don. Don, this is a guy, and um, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, and they're really good friends. And they're really good Th- They've never actually had physical intercourse. No, but they've had sex, though. I mean, they've they've done stuff. I mean, what what did Jerry say? It's like once the <laughs> nipple makes an appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've done plenty of stuff. They've gone far. It's been eight years. Um, that was good. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested in seeing what how they can how they can turn that into ninety minutes. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 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 sure there could be some weird fun twists and turns. Oh, I'm I sure. mean, it, and I guarantee you, they'll probably do. Like a slow reveal on what actually is going on too. Like you probably won't get into the whole like you you like the, the first BDS thirty part. the first thirty minutes yeah. is probably just gonna be this unassuming fucking sixty something year old white lady. Yeah. Just like being herself and then all of a sudden you learn. And maybe Don too. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe we hang out with Don yeah. a bit too. Like well, we make up a Don or something. Interesting. The flamingo coming soon, hopefully. Who knows? Um and then we watch a couple of midnight shorts, the content. Colin, the lo-fi man. <clears throat> which is just somebody who really liked Tetsuo the Iron Man, which is a yeah. weird movie to really like. Yeah, someone doing a fun homage and homage to Tetsuo, but also making movies. And this one is available. Those The two that we watch are like festival screeners, but this one is available to anyone. It's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's called Content, the, lo- the lo-fi man. L-O-F-A, man. Uh, fun. This one's fun. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it's exactly what you said. It's like someone really likes Tetsuo. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's like, I wanna... and, and also wants to say something about the difference between film and co- filmmaking and making content. Well, well, yeah, everything everything being content. You know, it's like uh, you don't want to talk about Tetsuo in the same way you're talking about like a YouTube video about, uh, you know, how, uh, the best cheese or some shit. I mean. But that's how like the corporations are seeing it. That's why the Mickey Mouse guy with the with the gun. That's a pretty cool. Hey, listen. Very it, cool, it, simple. I, 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 I mean, listen, 
some of the best filmmakers ever came out of doing commercials. So that's, no, that's I, true I, I, too. I don't, I don't want to hear that's about, very true. Like you can't talk about commercials the same way you can't talk about film. I think it's more than commercials though. No commercials. I mean, it's so funny. It's just, just a different medium. That's so. That's all. I, <laughs> I just rewatched uh, Steve Jobs. I rented that because I was like, I want to watch this movie. And the, the whole part of it, the section of it is Ridley Scott's 1984 I was commercial. Say, yeah, yeah no. Dude, that fucking commercial blew. Like, people were not. It's 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 weird that he got Apple to pay for him yeah. to make that yeah. because it's barely a commercial. Well, well it's because, if, according to that movie, he didn't just get Apple to do it. He convinced Steve Jobs to do it. And Steve Jobs was like, give this man. It's Ridley Scott. <laughs> do you see Alien? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. Now it's a no-brainer, right? In retrospect, yeah. the um, oh, that was the other one I was just thinking of. Anyway, yeah, I think it's more not just commercials, but like uh, uh, like TikTok videos. You know, like well, pe- like people making videos on TikTok. I mean, know, yeah, but I, and they're literally like, "Well, I got to make content. I have to fill up my my feed, so I, my my stuff's always out there. So I hit yeah. the algorithm. I got to hit the algorithm with my content, so I get you know the likes and the views. And this I is mean, some way just, to engage with just, my audience. It's just whittling down digital filmmaking to its most base level. Right, exactly. Well, just a way to do it. Is it invalid? No, no. It's just a way to do it. No. Is it better than any other or worse than any other? I guess not. Maybe I just don't like it that much. Well, no, it's just you. you I'm a traditionalist, unfortunately. Well, no, it's just, just means here, old. here's the thing. When it comes to like TikTok's video, it's because there's very little cinematography involved. Mostly, yes. I'm, I'm shocked sometimes when I that's see why. when I come across a video yeah. that's like produced. No, no it, it, where they actually take the time. Yeah, because <laughs> those are the ones that don't hit the algorithm. They like yeah. sit at the bottom. And then the ones that are just like someone putting out their phone and doing some shit, 1.5 yeah. million, 2 million. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? It's fine. Uh, but yeah, yeah. This one's doing a little, little content commentary. Uh, but just really sat, satirical, having fun with it. Yeah. Sort of a, a they live sign. Be con- be content with content. That's always fun. Yes. Word spelled the same twice. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Yep. Uh, anyway. Then we watched the Blood of the Dinosaurs, finally, last thing we watched, which is... That was some fucking weird-ass adult swim, Tim and Eric shit. Yes, exactly. This was the longest one, 17 minutes. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely adult swim-ish, where it's like a uh, uh, Mr. Rogers-style school kids kids show. Kind of. You know, we got a host. Yeah. uh, Of sorts. Of sorts. Like, even with the... It starts with the um, the pushing in on the house on the little... No. Uh, It's that weird asynchronous comedy. Where, yeah. where, where none of it really goes together, but it's all smashed together anyway. Yeah, they smash a lot of things together. And I think... L- it, lots of change of tone. Mm-hmm. Usually to horror. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's... Comedy and horror. Yeah. Right? It's like, it's being Tim and Eric weird. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, the lighting changed. Now it's like, it's scary. And then it's, uh, oh, no, then here comes a little girl. Bleep. And the soundtrack's a little bleep, 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 bleep yeah. as she's walking. Uncle uh, Grandpa Universe is a lot of fun. So, no. so say blood. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, Grandpa Universe is fucking Nosferatu. Yeah, you always <laughs> you always win me over with uh, with the uh, the vampire showing up. Like, did someone say blood? <laughs> uh, you got me there. Yeah, the blood of dinosaurs, Chris. Yeah, that bu- makes toys for children. The blood of dinosaurs. It does make toys for children. That's all. That tracks. And I do like the uh, the meteor coming and destroying everything. Being no. in the beginning. Yeah, no. mixed medium. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway, I thought it was fun. I wonder 
I, but like, what do you do with this? What do you do with a seventeen? This crazy seventeen-minute short film. It's fun to make it and then I mean, have it seven, played in film festivals. You, 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 and you had thirteen minutes of commercials and put it on Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, come on, Adult Swim. <laughs> buy this thing. Might, might as well. It's just as good as anything else that they. Oh really yeah, put that, out there. it is par level for that for, for genre. That. Exactly. They nailed it. This dude nailed it. Come on, Adult Swim. Give him the money. Um, he, he can be the next one. <laughs> yeah, why not? It's good. He's based out of New Orleans, apparently, okay. the, the fellow who made this one. But it's uh, The Blood of the Dinosaurs. Uh, we we enjoyed that. That was our, our little mini Florida film yeah, festival. It was fucking weird. It was fucking weird. Again, it's, it would be part of the Midnight mm-hmm. Shorts. Uh, I do have a, a few fun movies that I'm looking forward to. One of them is a Paul Schrader movie. Okay. Uh, it's uh, 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 Master Gardener starring Joel Edgerton and Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Where he's like... Uh, he's a her, Master Gardener? Yeah, he's her Master Gardener. He's like guarding all her shit. And over while they're talking, it's revealed that he's like an ex-con or something. Okay. So it's like, what kind of a man with a p- violence in his past, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's uh, Paul Schrader. Even if it's bad at this point. Like, <laughs> I'm just happy to get a Paul Schrader movie. You kidding me? <laughs> Um. Anyway, that's one of the movies I'm gonna try to see. So anyway, awesome. let's talk about some media diet stuff. Memando at seven. I, I didn't. I forgot to watch Memando this week. Well, that's fine. There's shit going on when it comes. When it comes out on Wednesday, then you'll have a, a twofer. Yeah, you get up. You get because it, it'll be over. They only have eight okay. episodes. Yeah. Got, oh, so this is the penultimate. It was. Gotcha. It was. Yeah. Uh, it's how crazy did the penultimate get? It's fun. It gets interesting. Uh, Grogu gets a fun upgrade. Okay. Uh, does he get legs? Oh yeah. <laughs> big, big, big robot legs with the with buttons. Speak <laughs> buttons. Yes, no buttons. And the Anzalon, the Anzalon pops back up, and he and he gives a great. There's a there's actually a little bit of an online thing going on where. The Anzalan shows up to deliver something, and then he sees Grogu, and he's like, "Bad baby, no squeezy." And I'm like, "This thing, this is amazing. How do people not love this?" this is the best <laughs> he's like, "No squeezy," and he's walking away from it. And then I swear to God, underneath it, it sounds like Grogu says, um, uh, "He says I'm out, motherfucker." <laughs> I swear to God, and people are like, "Did he just say? Did Grogu just say I'm out, motherfucker?" Maybe I mean, probably. Let me see. I'm just, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm okay with that. I am too. It's very, it's very, uh, uh, all the weird shit in Aladdin and the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Like, why are people so weird with this stuff? Grogu, I'm. Let me see. I'm out. This, or was that maybe? I don't know. It's a good episode. I'll, I'll just like wait for until next week to really talk about it more. No. Uh, Maybe the two for. Is there any sort of? Oh, another one's a load here. In the most recent episode, bad baby, no squeezy. But then the creature says something very quickly, almost as a throwaway. Subtitles say blah 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 blah. Oh, here we go. Bad baby, no squeezy. Oh yeah. Oh, he definitely says I'm out, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's part definitely. Of, and it's part of the, it's, it's a promo. <laughs> It's the official promo that they put out there. I'll go back to this. Bad baby. No, it's crazy. Come on, come on. <laughs> so fun. Yep. Anyway, we're, ha- we're having a good time here as the world ends. It was a good episode. You'll like it. It's fun. We'll talk about it more next week. Uh, I, I did watch the first episode of season two of Perry Mason. Yes. I watched that last night. Yes. Uh, so it's just, you know, it builds up to the guy. What was he, a baseball, an ex-ball player? Well, no, uh, the, the guy who dies? Yes. You know, he, he he was the guy who built the stadium. 
he had already built a stadium. Yeah, he was, I was trying like, to watching get, the show. Yeah, <laughs> but those two bland white guys do look alike. Yes. <laughs> so, so there was another guy, yeah, right? He was yeah, close to yeah, pitching and yeah, stuff. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, he was a pitcher because because oh he's trying okay. to get a baseball team in L.A. Okay, so we had we have a generic white guy number one. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so G so, two generic white guys. So GWG one uh-huh. is the one who already built a stadium, yeah. and he wanted GWG two who plays baseball. No, look, it's like the Kaká thing. He like he he's yes. an old player. He wants him for his new team. Yes, his new team, his new L.A. team. Because LA, because New York has three teams, yeah. Chicago has two teams. Why can't LA have one? We're not some backwater hick town. They'll never have a team west of the Mississippi. Yeah, I like that. I like the. He's like, oh, who wants to move to Cincinnati? <laughs> I like the. I forgot about it's that. Old timey. <laughs> I, I forgot that. That's what I liked about the first season. Yeah. It, it's like it's sort of about the birth of LA and people moving there and all of it, all the stuff. Yeah, that, that, that goes pretty, on. It's pretty no. cool. It is pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, and like you said, I like the. Uh, the Perry Mason type font when it oh, pops the type up. font the fucking and, and the saxophone every time we fucking yeah. every, every time something cool happens <laughs> so, it's like yes it's so funny <laughs> uh, different showrunner this year uh, I don't know they must have worked on the last it's season whatever right? they're doing the same fucking thing it feels so. the same right it still feels yeah. the same I, I really enjoy it um, so what, are you caught up because it looks like there's six episodes uh, I've watched five of them you watched five so the sixth one so the seventh one I guess comes out tomorrow yeah I mean, yeah I wonder how many of those there are. So, yeah, I did start Perry Mason. And then I am going to start uh, Succession after that. I am. Okay. Um, well, let me know so I can start I watching will, Gangs of London. I will. I'll text you the second. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm hitting plan Succession now. Text you. Right? <laughs> I'm doing it. Um, but I did watch because it's season four is debuting soon. I watched season three of Barry. Yeah. Uh, and that was good. That's what episode everybody seems to say. It's a good show. I, I watched the first season. It's very, very dark. Very, no, very bang bang. Uh, uh, we got a lot of, lot of. Uh, uh, what's his name? The Wink, Harry mm. Wink, Henry, Harry Winkler, Henry Winkler. Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of the fonds. Um, uh, Hater's good. He directs a bunch of episodes, and um, like the stunt work is pretty impressive, and the action stuff is really good. It's like the first season, sort of a comedy, yeah. but then it stops being a comedy. And, but it's still, it's it's still comedic though. It's satirical, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's satirical. Like the the girlfriend in the third season, she has success. Uh, she finds some success, so she's going through media rounds. So people are just sitting down to ask her questions, <clears throat> and that's definitely like a comedic scene, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I did air quotes for all the listeners at home. And uh, anyway, it's good. Very good. Word up. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, all right. You know what I... You know what I watched all for you. What did you watch, Chris? TikTok got me with a thing. Uh, I do see some... I do see some interesting film stuff on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And what do you... Give me the V. Look at... Just give me the... Uh, the what's this guy? is coming on to me over here. <laughs> so we're not really good friends. And... Uh, Someone put this video out that was like, this movie exists, this black and white version of this movie exists, and I couldn't believe it, and I just straight up bought it on, on Blu-ray, because it's like not really that available. And here you go, I just wanted to show it to you. Look at that. Johnny, oh, man, that really, I mean, it's film noir anyway. It's, <laughs> it's noir, it's sci-fi noir. Speaking of Tetsuo, look at some of those still images back oh, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, like it, the contrast is is pretty interesting on on a lot of the wide shots. I mean, in the in, in the black and white, it looks almost. I mean, dude, this looks like it's straight out of the fucking Matrix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where he's connected to the machine yeah. that talks to Jones. Uh-huh. So I watched it. I watched it last night. It was like I watched it late. 
kind of yeah. late last night. Yeah. Yeah, these images are crazy looking. This one with all the ice. All, yeah, it's not when you said all the ice. I'm sure, you know, seriously, uh, it's, prob- it's probably better in black and white. It, we- <laughs> it, we- it weirdly, so weirdly uh, well, cause I think, makes it a better viewing experience in, in, a, in a few well, ways. Because I think it, I don't know, it, it almost makes you take it more serious. It seems it more. It makes it less goofy with it, black and white, if seems, that makes sense. It seems more European. Okay. Uh, yeah, look at that. Oh, no, yeah, the, the, the images are way more dramatic. Like, the makeup, the way the makeup pops there yeah. is, is interesting. And then, like, then here's them coming through the, the Blade Runner fog shit. Uh, the internet stuff still looks wonky, like, when they're inside the oh, internet. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but, yeah, mostly it's, like, it visually is improved in a way that I feel like it's because the movie they originally wanted to make was a, a low budget. They wanted to make a million dollar sci-fi film, and they didn't. And they and they and they couldn't get anyone to give them a million dollars. But then they got Keanu Reeves on board, and then they had people tripping over themselves to give them like twenty million dollars or whatever yeah. the budget was. And they're like, "Well, that's this is not the movie we wanted to make." Um, so in a weird way, first off, the the film that they use, I gotta look get a. There's an interview on the on the Blu-ray I need to watch that. But the film that they use that they convert it to black and white is not some sort of remastered 4K upgrade of the of the original mm-hmm. print. It's some like you can see all the the scratches and the blips of like however much that film has been used. That's what makes it. Yes, that's so. So <laughs> it then gives in, a visual texture. It's wild. Yes, and, and then in black and white, like there are some scenes that are just the, the people are just talking to each other, but the the images themselves are truly alive. It's very very yeah. cool, and so then it makes it look like like pie. Mm-hmm. It makes it look yeah. like, the, which it is this guy's only, Robert Longo, it's the only time he made a feature film. It looks like a, a guy's first time making a movie, black and white, like here we go, low budget, I'm running around with Keanu Reeves on all these sets and shit. It, it, in a weird way, it does like set your brain to have different expectations of what it is. Yeah. And you just kind of, I, I appreciate the weirdness of it more. I like Johnny Mnemonic already for what it is. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like a black and white version is an upgrade. And apparently the director, this Longo guy, he was just like fucking around with his Blu-ray settings at home. <laughs> I think during the pandemic even, it was like, oh, hey, actually, look at this. It looks pretty good in black and white. And then uh, whoever owns the rights, it was like, yeah, that is a good idea. And then they put it on, on Apple only okay. or some shit like that. But then also Blu-ray. Yeah. I can't believe there's a Blu-ray of it. I can't I mean, yeah, believe ho- I, ho- I can't I'm holding bl- it in my hands. I can't believe that exists. Yeah. That's so wild. So I started thinking, all right, we need to do a black and white film festival. I mean, we can do Giant Mnemonic. <laughs> we can do Giant Mnemonic. We do uh, <clears throat> Mad Max Black and Chrome Edition. No, it's so good. I, I haven't seen that one. Oh. I, need, I need to get a copy of that. Oh, we, can, we, that. We, can do, we can do the Miss Black and White. And yes, which I do have. Us. I already watched that on Hallucinogens. That was amazing. That's you. Were, you, were, you, were, you were a that was fucking amazing. That is wild. You're, you're a wild. You're a wild man. Let me tell you, that's for sure. That was great. Uh, that's so funny. There's gotta be. Oh, and then you know what else I thought too? Another Frank Darabont. Speaking of the mist, the AMC re-released the pilot episode of The Walking Dead in black and white. Oh yeah. No yeah yeah, yeah definitely. Which you always wanted to yeah. do in the beginning. Uh huh. <coughs> fucking. Oh, that'd be fun. Black and white. Agreed. Fest of some sort. I got I gotta work that out. Um Yeah, there is uh, black and chrome. So you've seen the black and chrome? I've heard I've seen bits and pieces. You've seen bits and pieces on the on the internet. It looks, it, it, looks, it, so it looks fucking crazy. It looks so good. Um also have you seen the colorized Schindler's list? They did it in Technicolor? 
No, I don't the, think so. The uh, the t- what was it? The war- t- Turner, Ted Turner. That's gotta be weird. Remember when Ted Turner would colorize black and white? Yeah, movies? he's bonkers. He's like, come on, I'll be fun, cowboy. Now let's go watch some wrestling. <laughs> I got some Florida Film Festival movies to tell you about. That uh, future past, yeah, because <laughs> in the future we're talking about that. You'll see. <laughs> the Christmas so complete us will know what we're talking about in a couple weeks. Yeah, in a couple weeks. Um, yeah, I saw I saw three movies plus another short film. Uh, the short film is uh, pretty intense. Good thing it was short because I, I mean, actually, a feature length would be interesting. It's like 10 minutes, 11 minutes. Okay. A lot of the ones that we ended up watching seem to be around that length, which is interesting. Um, but anyway, it's a uh, it's called Our Males and Females, mm-hmm. and it's uh, made by a Jordanian filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And it's about a uh, an older couple, they're a conservative couple, religiously conservative, and they're gonna bury they have to prepare their trans daughter, transgender daughter, for a uh, a burial, which includes a, a a shrouding ritual, and that has to be that's essentially cleaning the body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but if it's if the body is a boy, then it's a ma- it's a man. It, it goes one way. Yeah, it's man's a man or woman a woman. But when they have their trans daughter in there who's had top surgery but no bottom surgery, uh, that becomes an issue. They can't get a guy in there yep. because they pull down the top part of the blanket, yep. and he he runs out of there like, "What are you showing me? Like this yeah. is what are you crazy?" Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a woman to go in yeah, there. The bottom part is like, ah! She reaches and she's like, what, did, what is this? They feel like they're being tricked or like no. like in a horrible way. Um, so it's like bringing shame on these on these parents who are grieved and who themselves are grappling with their, their daughter's identity. Uh, so then very much the movie is about um, uh, obviously, you know, trans acceptance, but then also like even in death, how that identity is questioned and moved and changed. And we mm-hmm. even see it in media or times where uh, people are like dead named or misgendered and in, in, in after death or whatever. Uh, and then the solution that the dad solution is interesting. I don't know. I mean, one of my things is spoiled. No one's going to see this thing. He, he <laughs> I mean, it's hard to find these short films after they play in film festivals. He um, goes in there with a scalpel and removes her implants Mm -hmm. and then sews her back up. And then the final shot is just like the body on the slab with with scars now with like stitches. Uh, Now implying that, okay, now I can get some guy in here to do the the ritual so we can religiously. But then it's denying her identity. Uh Correct. It's it's very heavy, very heavy. interesting uh thought-provoking short film which is also very well made uh apparently the actors the two main actors are like well-known jordanian okay. actors apparently according to i don't know whatever um it was interesting it's hard to say something that's good is it good i don't know it's like thought-provoking and okay. well-made is what it is anyway that's a short film but here's the feature things i saw i saw uh, you may remember this trailer for Polite Society mm-hmm. about uh, I think I think she's a Pakistani English girl who uh, wants to be a, a stunt lady. Yeah, and then her older sister is an artist, uh, but she's in a point where she's like a failing artist, and she decides to uh, uh, move on from that dream. And she meets a guy and wants to get married, and the the younger one is like, "I gotta stop this marriage at all costs." So it's that typical movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then it's also the whole thing about she wants to be a stunt woman and uh, she's going to school and she's got her two friends, but then she's being bullied. You got like that whole, like the, the school uh, teen sort of comedy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But then it's also like legitimately turns into like a weird action, action movie, movie at times. Yeah. And then also like I don't want to get too spoilery, but then they're, they throw in another element or two. Kind of late in the game where I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, oh, all right. This thing is surprising. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's a genre blend in a good way. And uh, like our, all the actors, our own was very good and compelling and, and, uh, I definitely really liked it. Also, there's a weird thing about this screening. I've never seen this happen before, and it's the only screening at this festival that I, that has happened where, um, and it must be specific to this movie because it was an Indian guy, the uh, or whatever Pakistani they didn't specify the um, for every movie at the film festival. They always have a person up front and say, "Hey, thanks for coming." Here, you know, if it's this is how you vote, blah blah blah. This is the movie we're about to see, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's always that introduction, mm-hmm. and then this person says, "Also, by the way, you'll see this gentleman over here side. He's you know, wearing a suit. And he's sitting in a chair right by the one of the ramps." Points out, you see this gentleman over here. He's here with the. I think he said, "Did he say studio? He may have said studio. He may have said distributor. He's here with the movie. He's here to make sure that no one uses their phones. Everyone, please turn off turn off your phones and put them away. If he sees a screen, he's going to come and ask you to leave." You'll be ejected from the movie, and we don't want to do that. So let's, everyone put your phones away. And so for the first few minutes of the movie, I'm kind of like, <laughs> is someone going to, if someone comes in late, like, did they get the warning? Do they know what if they use, is, is this going to cause a commotion? Is this going to, what about my movie experience? <laughs> it's so weird. Um, and he, and then at one point, like very early on, just as the movie was starting, I did hear him say something about phones uh, uh, to someone in the, behind me. Because you know where I like this, yeah. up, up front. Um, I was like, oh, already, it's happening, it's happening. Oh my God, we're going to cause a ruckus. I just want to see, because Florida Film Festival movie audiences are the worst, because for some reason, those are the people that go to the movie theaters the least. Yeah. So for them, it's like an event, mm-hmm. and, and they act all, they get drunk and act rowdy. It's weird. <laughs> it's strange. It's sometimes. for amateurs, bro. It is for amateurs. It really is. It's like St. Patrick's Day for drinkers. Mm-hmm. They stay, I'm staying home today, all these fucking weirdos out there. Um, but anyway, there was some dude who was like monitoring everyone's phone. use was fucking crazy, man. I can't, I couldn't believe my eyes. But it was a good movie. Don't want to pirate it, Chris. No pirate it. No piracy. What's that? It? No. No, that couldn't have been. It can't be a piracy thing. Because then I would go with like my 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 pinhole like button cam that I got made specifically for pirating. Because it just goes right here, mm-hmm. and it just looks like it's yeah. part of my shirt. And I'm sitting there as, as still as possible the whole time. And then we use anyway when I put it into the into the. Um, uh, Adobe, I just hit the stabilizer and my slight breathing, it just stabilized that and then we put that shit out there on the internet for a dollar. How do you, how do you make money doing that I, anymore? I don't, I don't think you do, I right? I gotta put it on my site that I'm hosting with with ads uh, and then I'm making money with the ads? I don't know. For like pennies a click? How do you make money pirating anything <laughs> anymore? Back in the day, you would like print tapes and go stand on a, on a street corner and sell that shit. For like 10 bucks a tape, you know? And I, one time in New York City, uh, back when I lived in New York, I remember walking up Canal Street, and there was uh, I was checking out like a table of movies that were in uh, bootleg movies, and a tourist, obviously a tourist, walks up because they were like, "Oh, look at these movies! Look at these! These are so cheap!" And she holds up a movie, and and she, oh, they have I can't remember they have this movie. Oh, look, they have Godzilla because like 1998, yeah. and then she and then she goes, "Wait a second. Isn't this still in theaters? <laughs> she says to whoever she's with. And then I just walked away. I was like, I can't believe it. You know, they're still they're out there. That's how they make the money. Yep. They take it home and it's like a shitty ass uh-huh. camcorder. It's like Kramer's, Kramer's fucking shooting it. Good stuff. Polite Society pirated today. I don't know. Don't don't pirate me with this. <laughs> um, Blackberry with Be- Jay Baruchel. Okay. Where he's the inventor of the Blackberry. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it is totally just like a soup to nuts. Here's how it was created, how the company blossomed. And how it all came apart. And how it all came crashing down in a, in a very specific, interesting way. And the movie does start with like saying this is inspired by et cetera, et cetera. You know, so oh. it's obviously not fully true, yeah. but I'm sure it's pretty. Probably. Pretty, pretty. Yeah. Probably pretty close. Um, really good. Really good. Really well made. Interesting. Barishel's great. Playing a very specific like type of... Uh, uh, nerdy introverted characters like very smart and uh kind of obsessive about about things and but then how even that person's early on their uh like their scruples their principles and all that how that breaks down slowly over time you get to a point where like yeah sure outsource to china do it yeah it's like oh get them dollars it's interesting how uh, the whole story i didn't know the story i never really thought about it i never owned a blackberry no you ever owned a blackberry nope i was like i don't like the the whole got a whole keyboard in my hand apparently though it's good for um encryption okay like that was the last place where blackberries were still in use was like uh uh, government fucking uh agencies would still use it because of their top-notch encryption yeah Yeah, which is like still uh impenetrable for for some for some reason but no one else uses it Weird. <laughs> right? Weird, right? Why Why are all the other phones like, no, we don't care. You can People can steal your shit. <sighs> anyway, uh, that one's good. And that's for sure going to be in like, I don't know, playing in theaters or be available for streaming. The movies I saw this year happen to be some of the more high, higher profile ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people will be, have a good chance to see them. So Blackberry is good. Definitely look out for that one. And then I saw Paul Schrader's Master Gardener. And? It's a Paul Schrader movie. Okay. Oh, it's Paul Schrader. It's so. It starts with Joel Edgerton sitting at a table, a dimly lit table, writing in a journal as his voiceover just monotones on about the intricacies of certain flowers and gardening and the history of gardening. And it's like, what if Travis Bickle was a gardener? It's 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 so funny. It's so Paul Schrader. Fucking first reformed the the card counter. All his movies now like have this that central the male the angsty male who's like lost in his older age and journaling away um this one is interesting he's uh joel edgerton is a fellow who's the head gardener of this estate the estate that is owned by this uh lady played by sigourney weaver and uh she has a grand niece whose mother died doesn't have her father's long dead so she's like kind of a lost early 20 something uh so she uh makes uh, this guy makes Joel edgerton's guy take her on as an employee of the because it's a whole operation yeah. you got going on take her on as an employee but also as a student and, and teacher blah blah so trying to set her up and in, in typical Paul Schrader fashion this is fantastic and this is just a setup of the movie I, I won't give away because live I had no idea where it was going uh, they make a weird point when she's talking to him first about this girl Maya he, and she brings up at one point uh, she she's uh, of mixed blood she's mixed blood mm-hmm. he says she says and you're like, oh, she's an old racist lady. Um, but then it's like, okay, so then, but why is that? Why does that matter right now? Mm-hmm. And then, like, after she comes over and he he meets her and uh, shows her the ropes and he introduces her to the other workers, happen to be also, like, um, like black and Spanish girls and, and young people and, and men or whatever. Uh, it's like that night he lives on the grounds in a cottage. One night he he takes off his shirt finally, covered in swastikas. Yeah, and shit. also <laughs> the, the new racist, old racist guy who's like, I'm not, I'm not that man anymore. <laughs> uh, so that's like the central like drama no. uh, uh, 
attention of the film right there is this guy who's leaving this old life behind and they get really into what that life is and why he's where it is now well, it's I very mean, interesting if, I, mean, I mean if he's an ex-felon then that means he, I, more than likely he got into it for fucking protection so he didn't die in prison I mean, <laughs> it's normally the way it goes there you go you, you go in and you're like I'm not racist and you're like okay maybe I, I guess I have to be <laughs> that's definitely yeah um what they call it? Gladiator Academy. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, that's like that's thief school, and they teach they teach you to be racist. Uh, was that remember Short Eyes? Is that movie available anywhere? Short Eyes. That guy's like like there, there's the blacks, there's the whites, there's the Puerto Ricans. I don't know where they, I don't know where they stand. I don't know where. Um, it, it's a good, it's good in a Paul in a Paul Schrader way. Okay, you know I like Paul Schrader yeah. movies. Um, definitely has a couple of flourishes here and there. I'm like this is. <laughs> This is a bit much, buddy, but uh, I liked it, though. Um, when it ended, also, I was kind of like, eh, okay, eh. but still. Oh, you know what a big problem of the movie is? Mm. Uh, sort of like, so for there to be a kind of a antagonist bad guy sort of thing, Maya, the girl that comes to get the job, she has like a undefined, ill-defined boyfriend, drug dealer, some sort of thing mm-hmm. in her life, this guy, Reggie who uh, like she shows up when they all beat up so that's how he's like I gotta find out about this dude who's beating up this girl Maya and uh, so eventually there's like this guy and his friend are sort of like the antagonists of, of the movie for a little bit mm-hmm. and they're they the way they cast them like I, I, we could push these guys over. <laughs> these guys are nothing they're strung out nothing they act all tough and shit he smacked the gun out of their hand <laughs> like sit down and shut up and they would do it that's what they look like yeah. they look like bitches and then Joe Edgerton shows up with like a fucking crazy haircut and shit like this guy will fuck these dudes up I saw him in Warrior are you kidding me uh, so it was, it was a weird casting choice but anyway it, it was good it's like a reserved good good <laughs> okay like if my mom watched it she'd be like oh, that was stupid and I'd be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I understand how you could think yeah, that yeah definitely no no it's fine um but it's a Paul Schrader shit. Who, he's like in his 80s, I think. Who knows how many of these he has left. Um, so there you go. Those are, those are my Florida Film Festival movies. Uh, cool. I would have liked to have seen more, but it's been a crazy week, and it just got pulled away a lot. But it happened. There's no big deal, and they're just movies. They'll come back around. Welcome to life, bro. Life! That's the slogan of life. Life, colon, it happens. <laughs> it's happening. I, I, th- I thought that was shit. Synonymous. You're saying life's shit? Can be. Yeah, but, you know, you need manure to grow stuff, right? <laughs> stuff. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Manure grows stuff. <coughs> okay, we're good. Let's, see. Let's get into some um, uh, actual movie stuff uh, outside of the film festival. Uh, real quick, box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. Still banking. Wow, man. The kids are loving it. Kids are loving it. Families are going. In its third week, it made almost $60 million in its third week, so it's the best third weekend for an animated film, mm. surpassing Incredibles 2 on its way to a billion dollars total worldwide. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be Universal Studios' second highest grossing the movie domestically of all time. <laughs> Just behind Jurassic World, it's going to pass E.T. like in a couple days. Redonk. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that... Damn. Yeah. Damn, Mario. People love Mario. Um, so good for them. Good for them. Good for Mario. I'll, we'll see it. I'll see it eventually. It's not going, it's not going it's not anywhere. anywhere. If it's making this much money. Hell, when is part two coming out? Right. 
they're working on it. They're cracking script. They're like Luigi's Mansion. We got <laughs> Donkey Kong Country. We're gonna make Conga Conga Kong. What was that one that played with, they played with the bongos? Oh, bongo that. Bongo Kong. Remember that one? The Bongo nope. Peripheral uh, Controller. Nope. Man, the nineties were weird. But I guess that we had Rock Band. Yeah. Yeah. Peripherals are fun. They were. Are there any peripherals now? No one's gotten any cool peripherals. I don't think so. Except for all the people who spend all their money making like those at-home uh, driving setups with like wraparound yeah. screens. You see mm-hmm. that shit? Yeah, I, I saw some dude. Had, he had like four screens in front of him, and he was playing a, a truck driving simulator. But he had so many screens that he could see like. He might the, as well be in a truck. He was. He had side windows, passenger side windows, and oh my god, it was so funny. Like, Just drive a truck, dude. Just drive a truck. No, it's safer this way. <laughs> I, I get it. There's less stress. That's the, sure. Although that's probably so weird stress response when uh, weird how that happens. You know, it's like why am I stressed out? It's just a fucking video game. Um, so Super Mario Bros. is making a shit ton of money, and Evil Dead Rise, mm-hmm. which was originally supposed to be a streaming movie, mm-hmm. and then Warner Brothers, the new Warner Brothers Discovery, switched that up, made twenty three million, and that's why they did it. That's why they did it. Same opening weekend as Cocaine Bear, Smile, Black Phone, all made about $23 million. That's why they do it. That's why they do it. That's why they're like streaming only is not smart. Um, so good for Evil Dead. Also because that one had a pretty low budge, $19 million budget. So mm-hmm. everyone's happy about that. And then this Deadline article points out how, um, so Bo was Afraid, mm-hmm. which we saw. Yes. Uh, it's only playing right now in 900 screens. Mm-hmm. It just expanded and it's about $3 million. Two point seven million in this weekend. It's, mm-hmm. it's technically its second weekend. Now it's uh, it seems like it might make about if it's similar to the Banshees of Insurance Run, which is this article is comparing it to. It might make about ten million total. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing with that is that this movie has a thirty five million dollar budget. <laughs> yep, uh, which is about the same budget as everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, all right. Uh, that movie obviously was a sleeper hit. Ended up doubling that. It made it made thirty million. Uh, we don't think it looks like Bo's afraid gonna be making thirty million. It's yeah, like no. it's not gonna have the same. But mm. people aren't gonna be like, oh my god, you gotta see. No, <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> like do you like Ari Aster movies <laughs> or Joaquin Phoenix movies? Then you may want to go see this. But this is not a. This is not a movie for everyone. Yeah, this is not a movie. This for is everyone. not a movie. This is barely a movie for anyone. I know. <laughs> it's a movie for Ari Aster. Is what it is. Um, very self indulgent. The uh, but this article points out that um, for. Example, something like the Northman, mm-hmm. which cost uh, like ninety million. Uh, it says here, co-finance at seventy. That um, even though it didn't make much money in theaters, it's kind of a kind of a theatrical bomb. It ended up cleaning up on uh, the paid VOD for mm. Universal, and uh, it ended up it did lose money, but like in the single digits millions. Like, okay, like yeah, four million, five million. It was not a colossal failure yeah. that people were afraid of, which is why then. Uh, Robert Eggers will get to make you know another movie because they did Northman ended up being a huge hit on free Universal on streaming, yeah. Um, paid streaming more, more importantly, which is very interesting. So maybe that'll be the same with Bo is Afraid, maybe. Uh, we're gonna make more money when it comes out eventually on uh, on the PVOD channel. But we saw it, we, we, we saw all three hours of it, yes, we did. And what a what an interesting movie! I mean. Very interesting. Was it a movie? It was a movie. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't just a, a three-hour fever dream mm, about whoa. about having wicked mommy issues? It was definitely well, mommy issues. Yes, <laughs> definitely wicked. Mom. The, I mean, the movie should be called Mommy Issues. Mommy Issues. Um, 
I didn't see the, I didn't see any street signs that said like nor disappointment nor Boulevard. Uh-huh. So I, I don't yeah. understand that. Uh, I sort of understand the title, but but was afraid of the better title. The uh, yeah, it's a nightmare of a movie. In, yeah. in terms of like nothing, it, it, it's the nightmare logic of you yes. know of uh, of things just being bad, bad things happening in in a, in a weird way. In weird ways, and uh, Th- things make very little sense. Like the setup, like what the hell kind of universe is he fucking living in? Definitely some sort of parallel, not ours. <laughs> some some sort of there's some com- oh, there's some company oh, oh. that like owns everything. But it, it, it was... It, well, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But it, what I'm saying is, as you in the beginning, <laughs> it's like Wally, Yeah. Or it's like everything... What's a Wally? It's a big... Yeah. A big in, it's, all, up, it's all MW, bro. Yeah, everything's MW. Everything. The buildings, the food see, that, and everything. That, that's, that's why I'm starting to think it's less actual reality and more his interpretation of reality. Not literal, more what's something that I'm thinking of. Kind of like a uh, first like, episode of Mr. Robot where, well, where, more, or first season where everyone well, references yeah. E-Core as evil core yeah. because that's in his head but yeah. that's well, not what's it, happening it, in reality. It's, it's more of a subjective reality or yeah, a subjective reality that, as opposed to an objective reality sure. that we're watching. Yeah, he is our POV. Do we ever, ever leave his POV? No. Okay. We don't ever leave. He's in. He's on every. He's in every fucking frame. He's in every frame. He's in every scene. That's important. That's important. We're in his POV. We're in his frame of mind. So yes, everything can then around him be uh, bent and broken in different ways. And for him, it's reality. But he he's on this. What is the Zona Zona Zapatro whatever the fuck it's called. Whatever. He's like this. Is a fancy new. This is exciting. He's so excited by giving him this new drug. Always with water. That was very funny. That was very very funny. The whole point. Um. I do remember, so it's like, he did say it was a nightmare comedy. Okay, when yes. When he wanted to make the movie. Yes. And what he wanted to make. Uh-huh. And he achieved both of those things. And yeah. He, yeah, it's a nightmare, but it's also, I, I sat down thinking, comedy. Okay, well, well let's, watch, let's Ast- watch this as a comedy. Well, an Ari Aster comedy. Right, which means, I mean, what's this guy's sense of humor? Um, I mean, a, a, apparently, naked dude stabbing people. That was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> birthday, what was it? The birthday stab man or something? Or yeah. birthday suit stab man uh-huh. or something like that? Uh, yeah. um, White male uncircumcised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely humor, a lot of a lot of dick humor. Lot I mean, ridiculous. I mean, yeah. He, he probably likes Jackass a lot. I feel like um, I feel like he was inspired by Jackass. Four was it the fourth one? Um... In a certain way, I won't see why. The uh, it's, boy, this is an interesting movie. It's fucking weird, man. It's, fucking, it's a fucking weird ass movie. Here's a Joaquin Phoenix quote that I pulled up that I wanted to mention here at this section of the show. Mm-hmm. Here's Phoenix. Um, I was told from someone in college that there was this college thread amongst friends a challenge they were going to take mushrooms and go see the movie. And I just wanted to make a public service announcement and say, do not take mushrooms and go see this fucking movie. Yeah, no, I would have to agree with him on that one. He says, but if you do it, film yourself, but don't do it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not unless you want to live the movie. <laughs> no. Um, he did also recommend seeing IMAX if you can. That's the way to fucking see it. I mean. Is, that, is it even possible? I, I mean, think that's possible. I mean, that would have been weird. <laughs> that would have been, been, been even weirder. It would have been so but wild. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no. No, I do not recommend hallucinogens in this movie. No, no, it's definitely. I mean, visually, yes, 
thematically and story-wise and where the headspace is going to put you in. Yeah, it'll yeah put no you. fucking thank you. Yeah, it goes in so many different places in terms of uh, the psychoanalysis of a, of a lonely, broken man that it's bound to touch on something within you. Like, oh, I have an issue with that. Uh-huh. Because this guy has an issue with everything. With fucking everything. With, <laughs> with sex, his dad, and his mom, and, and, <laughs> and the way he relates to the world. Yeah, it's like he, is, he is afraid. Whoa, is afraid. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a good title. I like that title. Here's another quote. I was definitely squirming in my seat. This is Phoenix watching a movie with an audience for the first time. I was definitely squirming in my seat. First of all, I'm just laughing about the entire fucking movie. There's a couple of sequences where I'm just squirming. I mean, stuff that Astor did with the sound design was really great. It's such a rich world. There's so many details. There's a 100% movie that you feel. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Then you leave, and when that feeling subsides, you start thinking about it. Anyway, you said he was laughing. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Especially when you make it. Yeah, you remember. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the weirdness in between. Yeah, I mean, you're trying. Yeah. Like, man, you're, like, man, I can't believe this is in a theater and we're watching it with people. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and, and especially because, like, when you're making the movie, like, yes, let's say you're filming, like, a really serious scene. Yeah. And for whatever reason, like, someone stubs their toe and then you you remember laughing for 30 minutes straight and not being able to say your fucking lines yeah. and then you watch the movie and you're like damn I did that, that was right. good like, <laughs> I did it. We, we made it they found a way to yeah. cut around that it's incredible I can see my face trying to to mm-hmm. not laugh from the, the toe stubbing yeah it's weird when that happens so um, those are 68% in Rotten Tomatoes out you of know, uh, 150 reviews well I mean the thing is with six, these six out of ten with some of these auteur directors, Chris, either you understand what's going on in the movie or you walk out very confused. Yeah, and I even think also where it's like even if you understand it, you may be like, I get it, but uh, is it just self indulgent? This movie's fully oh hundred uh, percent. Like for once, no one told Oster like I don't think you can do that. And he was like, I want to do this, and, like, and okay, the, and, and he they and he did it's for like, better or for worse. Yeah, like, it's your show, bro. Yeah, you, you got it. Um, movies need intermissions. All right. Listen. When they're they're this long, yeah. I'm saying, listen. Are you listening, world? They're not. Damn it. Nobody's listening. listening. We did get a new patron over to... Well, at least one person. That one person. Hey, new guy. You listening? (laughs) Tell Hollywood. Let them know that I said we need intermissions. Halfway through the movie, I was like, I got to pee anyway because I had iced coffee. I was like, this thing's going to make me pee. So I had to go pee. I got to go out and pee. But then I had my toot pen in my pocket. I just saw my toot pen. I stepped outside, took a quick couple toots. Got a little bit of sunlight. I came back in, and then all of a sudden, like... uh, Yeah, you missed... Yeah. I I missed a chunk. (laughs) I knew it was going to happen, but I also know ultimately it wasn't going to matter. I think this movie, you can miss almost any chunk and be fine. And uh, and then I sat down, and it's like... But you came back in a weird spot. It was a weird spot. (laughs) It was a very weird spot where he's just... This will be out of context. It's not really even a spoiler. It's kind of a hard movie to spoil in some ways. In some ways. the He sits down... I sit down. He's already watching a play being yep. put on in yep. this art art hippie commune, mm-hmm. and then he yeah, you missed the whole part of him and, getting to the art hippie commune. Yeah, well, I saw him walking up to it. I was like, yeah, it's art hippie commune. I got to pee. This is fine. Um, I, can't, I sat back down. Then he gets sucked into the play, and then it becomes this whole other narrative. Like what, fifteen minutes at least? And like five minutes into it, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. But then by the end of it, I was like, I'm completely invested in this little fucking thing. <laughs> this, little vignette. This, this little story, this little vignette, the flood and the father and the boys, I'm completely sucked in. And then they, he tied it back into like this fact that he has about himself that then broke his reality. And then he comes back into the reality of everything. 
And I was like, man, that was a good intermission. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I took those toots because those toots worked out really well. It's, the, the movie's like, what? It's the it's a crazy home. It's crazy street life. Mm-hmm. Not his street life, but the street around him is crazy. Then it's the whole section of the house with Nathan Lane. Yeah, which is... That ends up being like all, all layers of fuckery. <laughs> Uh, with maybe the movies for me, the movie's most intense imagery of the uh, the blue paint and the yeah. all that. I, mm-hmm. I was like, whoa! Oh yeah! Oh, I don't like any of this. And the sound design and all mm-hmm. that. Was, oh yeah, that did not seem like a fun day for anyone. Or maybe it was. Who knows? And uh, so is that that the art, the hippie commune, which has its own little weird narrative inside that, mm-hmm. and then uh, then the final section back in his mom's house. Yeah. In Wasserton, in the town of Wasserton. Welcome home. Welcome home. His, his name is Wasserman. I'm like, what's going on with this fucking movie? Is anything real? That's a thing. That's another thing. We, there's a line. There's definitely one line in the movie, three quarters of the way through, maybe further, yeah. where, um, uh, man, I really want to say, boy, where were we at the time? You know what this will be? I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this out here. <laughs> I'm gonna say something. I'm, I'm gonna cut this section out. I'm gonna put it at the very end of the episode. If you want to hear what we're talking about, you gotta go to the end because it's a spoiler. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. Okay, and we're back. All right. That's gonna be all cut out at the end, the very very end of this episode. Um, it's confusing. <laughs> it's, it's a weird fucking movie, man. But I mean, it gives us something to talk about. You know, maybe I'll think about it. I mean, it's definitely thought provoking. Thought provoking. I I was along for the ride. Um, it might be the type of thing where after a while I like it more. Maybe after a while I'm like, man, you know, Lynchian in that way. Some David Lynch movies I watch, I'm like, oh hell yeah, that's good. And then some I watch, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and like they're practically the same movie. Yeah, anyway, it's it's his Lynchy nightmare. <laughs> it's definitely a nightmare. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Definitely a nightmare. Fever dream. Fever, fever dreamer. Heard of it? Uh, maybe not. It's called. Let me check my notes. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Return of the Jedi got a 40th anniversary re-release in theaters because it's been 40 years since it came out in 1983, and uh, they just they just put it out. Now they put out the latest version. You know, the last Lucas update. So it has um, some CG. Kind of like, well, you know, like this does not fit aesthetically with the rest of the movie or the um, the insertion of Hayden as a force ghost at the end, which I don't hate in concept, but it just looks weird because uh, in the original Yoda and, and Alec Guinness look at random old man. Yeah, they look at whoever that guy is. I don't know if it was David Prowess who, who played him. I can't recall. I'm not going to look it up, but they look at him and he looks back. They interact with each other. And then in uh, the update, Hayden's just sort of like staring straight ahead. And then they look at him, but he's just like staring and doesn't really look at them. It's it's weird. Even the blue glow is a little different. It's off, they, yeah, they didn't match it's it. It's not the same. Yeah. So it's like, I, I understand why they wanted to do it. And also it, like Alec Guinness, they didn't replace him with with Obi Wan with a Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, they kept the old version. It's like it's like the Force Ghost is done when they die. So why does Hayden go back to being young Hayden? It should be the old man because he's old at that uh-huh. point. No. Anyway, so that's the version we saw. Those quips aside, it's a fun movie. It's, it's fine. It's I Return s- of the Jedi. It's fun. It. I, I saw the re-releases when they came out. I skipped school so uh, I could see them. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Okay. So I did see the first re-release of, of New Hope, and I did not. 
Now, I went to see Empire Strikes Back, but it was sold out mm -hmm. like that one day that I went. Mm -hmm. That's the day I went and saw Donnie Brasco instead. Bought tickets for Dante's Peak, but went and saw Donnie Brasco. And that was a better decision. And uh, But then I never went back for Empire, and I didn't see Return of the Jedi in theaters. So this is my first time seeing Return of the Jedi on the big screen. And now that I think about it, the only movie uh, of the only Star Wars movie now that I haven't seen on a big screen is Empire, the best one, which is funny. It's my favorite one. It's <laughs> pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Um, so the only Star Wars you haven't seen in theaters is the best one. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to like <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to keep my eye out for uh, for a re-release, you know, which they do. I mean, I'll go. Duties. I'll go see Empire in theaters yeah. again. Yeah. Have, have, so, but so you did see all of I them? I saw all. Yeah, you saw dude, all of them, dude. I, I bought my tickets like a month in advance, and this was back in the day yeah. before digital bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Go to so, the theater. And do so it. I skipped school to go to the theater yeah. and buy them a month in advance. Yeah. I skipped school to go see the movie, nice. and I kept these movie tickets in my fucking wallet for a month. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's your proof. That's your admission. You lose a ticket. You gotta go buy another ticket. That's crazy. They would oversell tickets, yeah. so you'd have to get there early to get a good seat. If you don't get there early enough, you find yourself fucking sitting in an aisle or some shit like that. Um, it was it was a crazy. I don't know how he did it back then. It was like a wild west of going to movies. Yeah, it was awesome. That shit was nuts. Now it's so convenient. Oh my god, I love it. They just, I don't even have a ticket anymore. I gotta <laughs> have a code on my phone. They go boop, and they go, "You're in that theater." I'm like, "All right, well, we're all." And working. you already know where you're sitting because you picked your seat. I picked my seat. I can wander in like right as Nicole Kidman is like, "Heartbreak feels good in a place like this." Or right, right as Maria Menounos is like, "So check out Heel Squad. <laughs> check out <laughs> check out my new my new podcast, Heel Squad, with me." Maria Menounos. Thanks, Maria. We love you. We love you, Maria. Hate her. <laughs> no, she's a she's a calming presence in my life. As long as she's there, I'm like everything's okay. I never want to see her stupid face again. I want to see her. I want to see the the, the roller coaster nope. uh -uh. With, with the popcorn. I can pop, get pop, rid the, of all with oh. the last popcorn that waits a second and then it goes. If we can get rid of all that, that'd be awesome. You know, it was awesome going to see Return of the Jedi and the only play three trailers. No, I suppose like this, the 12 trailers they play in front of everything else. Yes, yes. Instead of 20 minutes of trailers, AMC, they'll go 30 minutes. I swear, AMC is fucking wild. I'm not a fan. Um, but only three trailers. All Disney stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Duh. Yeah, exactly. So they showed uh, Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, they showed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Mm -hmm. The same mm -hmm. one that they've yeah. been showing. And then the, new, the newest trailer for Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny. Okay. Two observations about this trailer. Observation number one, um, they, the first half of the trailer, they're doing a thing where they're playing a song okay. uh, as opposed to like, uh, you know, music. Yeah. It, what is it's a, I think it's Rolling Stones maybe or something. Something. Something from the 60s. Yeah. The, the, most of the movie takes place in the 60s. Um, so the first minute of, of them is just playing this fucking like a version of a Rolling Stones song, like a somewhat slowed down version, a cover of it. And I'm thinking as I'm watching this trailer, you have some of the greatest, most nostalgic movie music ever with your Indiana Jones and themes. And you're not going to use it. And you're not fucking using it. And then like halfway through, then it starts. Then it switches to, okay, now we're going to start using Indiana Jones music. And then it's a jarring switch if you're paying attention. It's like, oh, now, now you're going to, it's like. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Observation number two. They show a little bit more of what the beginning of the movie is, which takes place in the 40s, World War II. Mm -hmm. So Harrison Ford is like 40, 45, and it's de-aged Ford, and they show more of him in, in movement and in different lighting, and it's 
looking good. Cool. I'm like, well, I mean, deepfakes been getting better and better. They, so they're getting better at it. It's it's, it's happening at an exponential rate. And um, I would like to see that they do the dots on the face, or did they go with the Scorsese Irishman approach, um, where he he had his digital artist find a way to do it without the dots? It's like, oh, well, my fucking actors having to deal with this shit. They're actors. I don't, mm. you know. Um, I really want to know because it looks it's looking good. Mm, it's looking good. <laughs> also, you know why I think too. I was thinking about this today because um, we complain about this all the time. What was the the Pirates of the Caribbean when they showed us young Johnny Depp and we're yeah. like, that does not look That's like not that. young. I've seen young Johnny Depp. That is not young Johnny Depp. Yeah, like <laughs> Irishman. Uh, the, they did for what they were going for. It, it, a lot it, of it works fine, but the younger, like the supposedly young versions of Pesci and De Niro, like that doesn't not look like them. Yeah. We know what they look like in their forties and fifties. That was only twenty years ago. We we know that. Um, the trailer, it, it that's what Harrison Ford fucking looked like. Like I feel like okay, like they're not doing a, a young version of now for like that. Just that's just young Harrison Ford. It's weird. It's weird. It's crazy. Anyway, so they showed those trailers. Return of the Jedi is fun to see in a big theater. I like to see, uh, you know my favorite stuff in it is obviously I think for everyone it's got to be the Vader, Luke Skywalker, Emperor stuff. I'm dumb, right? That's where all the make the real darkness and attention of the movie is. Um, everything that's happening on Endor is fun. Seeing it in a pretty full theater, a surprising amount of people. It was a 7 p.m. on a Saturday, but a surprising amount of people in there. Obviously, people have all seen it before, I feel like. Um, pretty much everything Harrison Ford does or says in the movie gets a, gets a laugh. Like, like all people are audibly like, <laughs> like just dying laughing, and I gotta say it's like he is pretty funny in, in this. Like I, he's never, a rap guy and Chris. Yeah, I didn't really pay attention to the Jedi in particular. How like everything he says is pretty much delivered um, in, in the cadence of a joke. All his facial movements and everything. Uh, it's it's good. It's good. It's a, a good movie. Ace Ventura, space detective. Almost. I mean, God. <laughs> oh God, I want to see that movie so bad. Fuck. They took it away from us, Drew, and they gave us a Ron Howard non-fun version. Okay, okay. I just want to see the Millennium Falcon pull in somewhere and, and say, <laughs> like a glove. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right, Chewie, like a glove. Uh-huh. Um, okay, media diet stuff. So uh, I saw one. After we recorded last week, I saw one more movie at the Florida Film Fest because last Sunday was the last day, mm-hmm. and it was a little thriller called Sanctuary, okay. which was pretty good. Um, it's got this girl, Margaret Qualley. We were talking about her on the... Uh, oh, it hasn't come out yet. Our, our summer guide movie. We were talking mm-hmm. about her. She's a girl from uh, uh, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and she's going to be in the new uh, movie that we were talking... I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, My brain does Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. Anyway, Margaret Qualley. She's in this. It's a two-hander. It's her and this dude who I'm almost positive this guy, Christopher Abbott, I'm positive, almost positive is the same guy from Possessor. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that fellow. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, and it's a pandemic movie because it's, a, it's two people in one location. Yeah. <laughs> and basically it's, um, what can I say about it without? Spoiling. Yeah. Um, can it even be spoiled? guess it could so it, the setup is that uh it, it seems like it's a um an interview mm-hmm. like a job interview that uh, a girl shows up to this guy's hotel room and she pulls out a briefcase and she's kind of in business dress and uh and she has a, a list of questions to ask on behalf of the company but it's like the questions are awkward it's a, it's an awkward tense weird opening uh interview thing and <clears throat> i remember thinking that when she when the door opens and it's this girl it's like a uh, it seems like a blonde wig. I'm like, is she wearing a wig? Um, 
I was like, she looks like she's there for an interview, but also she a sex worker. Like, this, like she seems, <laughs> she's, she's a little too sexy right now to be just be like, is this just a movie's flaw? And it turns out, no, she is a sex worker. This is actually all pre-written, and he's living on some sort of role-playing thing because mm-hmm. eventually she starts talking about his dick and the size of his dick and yeah. all this stuff. Um, uh, oh, here we go, Christopher Abbott. Yeah, he's the guy from Possessor, and uh, he was in It Comes at Night. I don't remember that. Do you remember that movie? Vaguely, vaguely. Um. So uh, it turns out that they they've had this relationship for a while, uh, and it's a dom sub relationship, and she's the dom, and uh, but they don't actually have sex, okay, uh, not physically anyway, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he they, they go through a session. And, and it, it takes a little while, but it's okay. It's very interesting. And also, you don't know, like, what is pre-written as part of the session and what's being, like, sort of improv in the moment by mm-hmm. them because that becomes an issue. And then uh, after it's done, he's like, okay, you know what? This Now I'm actually taking the next step in my life, so we ha- we're going to end – we have to end this relationship at this point. Like, here's a, here's a parting gift. He mm-hmm. literally gives her a gift. Here's a parting gift. This is over. And she's like – no, it's not. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. So, and then the rest of the movie is her trying to convince him to be like, we, we are maintaining this. Not only that, the, the next step of his thing is that he's just moving on, moving on to like run the company, mm-hmm. whatever his company yeah. is. He's going to be a CEO. And she's like, well, actually, what's going to happen is we're going to keep this and I'm going to be in charge of your life. And, and it becomes this whole back and forth thing. And it's like a mind game sort of, you know, sec- psychosexual sort of mind game between mm-hmm. the two of them for the next hour or so. Um, it's pretty good. Okay. It was pretty good. I was interested uh, throughout. It ended. I was like, mm, okay. Okay. That's a, that's a, I think that ending's saying something. I think this movie's saying <laughs> Maybe. I think it's saying something about maybe uh, power power politics and stuff like that and gender gender politics. Um, pretty kind of a typical f- uh, film festival movie for, okay. for sure. I think it's a, uh, if I recall, it said Neon. It's a Neon release. Mm-hmm. So uh, expect it to be on like Hulu or something. Right? Adventures. And when you see it, it might be worth a click. You know, it's, it's not bad. Sanctuary. So that's my last Florida Film Festival movie. Uh, I didn't see too many films at the film festival, but <clears throat> I did like them all. So there you go. It, was, it ended up being a good, a good film fest. A PFT Media Production.